Hello, I'm Nicholas Jackson. And I'm Luke Roberts. And today we have a very special guest with us. Adam Thorne, otherwise known as Thorny. And welcome to episode 5. I lost count there for a second. Episode 5 of the Brand Nerds podcast. Or more kind of 4.5. Well, yeah, this isn't the Christmas special. Now this is like a mad dash. Oh my god, we've released it within three days. We better make another one. No, I couldn't believe it when that text message came through. Yeah, what, what can I say? I was feeling productive. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. Let's I, just... we could, I was going to say, but should we switch to a weekly one? <laughs> no, just no. I was like, I don't even know how it happened. I'm just kind of sat there. Like, oh yeah, yeah, just go for it. I was like, oh, I was done. Well, okay, fine. And then you're like, hey, let's make another one. I was like, oh, you must be joking. And then here we are. Yeah. So we're now making another. Yeah. 4.5 or 5, take your pick. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right, so let's begin, shall we? Well, if you're all happy for me to head this off. Go on then, mate. Okay. Me. Games we've been playing. Well, I've been playing this month uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I was going to say, what, Farming Simulator again? <laughs> no, not though. Farming Simulator. I've been playing that this month. No, um, I have been playing that as well, but not been on the... Uh, <laughs> Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, it's basically... Best I can describe is like you know those old total conversion games you used to get, where you say get complete convert it. It's based like that of Far Cry. Basically, it's a piss take of the nineteen eighties and the films and so forth. Sounds good. It is. It's it's ridiculously. It not only to take the piss of all the films, it takes the piss of all. I've modern seen games. bits of it. I've not played it, but it does look. I've seen cool. someone lure a T Rex to an outpost. Ah, oh, that that like is that. the Blood Dragons. That is one of the Blood Dragons. I see. All I've seen is a dude riding a steel panther, He Man style, but shooting lasers everywhere. Yes. <laughs> That looks pretty cool. It's 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 ridiculous. Right from the start, it's it's set in the futuristic year of two thousand and seven. Wow! Right, you so are accurate. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You are. So it's basically like they saw and made Far Cry game in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, parodying sort of eighties movies. Yeah, good old Terminator yeah. two and that. You are a cyber commando <laughs> after basically the world goes to shit. Post, you know, everybody gets nuked. America makes these cyber commandos who go on and sort of. You know, it's do always American, American things. Yeah, it's always American. American things, yeah. But it's just, it's just silly. It really is just silly. Um, you go as usual, sort these all these film stuff. You sort of go in, sort of take out these bad guys, only to find they're one of your good guys who's turned rogue, and he's going to use the blood dragons to make bioweapons to kill everybody. The usual sort of stuff. Sounds I mean, amazing. I mean, the art style of it is obviously very eighties, so everything's neon. Yeah, I was going to say, I look very bright from there. Yeah. It has, there's a bit in it where you pick up a, the bow, because it's got the bow in it for Far Cry, and it says, it's futuristic because it's neon. Right. I've just covered the bow with neons, and all the arrows are neon as well. And how no one sees The whole neon know. 80s vibe seems to be a bit of a thing at the moment, doesn't it? Because, mm. I mean, in cinema as well as in games, I mean, we had the film Drive not that long back, yeah. didn't we? But Hotline Miami, again, very neon, very 80s. Yeah. There seems to be a bit of a thing at the moment. It does, yeah. And, of course, in some respects, Mass Effect was very much based on 80s sci-fi as yeah. well, because that was quite sort of... I keep saying neon, but especially what I remember of the 80s, 90s films. And everything's dark. You know how all 80s films, sci-fi films, are always dark? It's got the whole Blade Runner thing going yeah, on. Yeah, Blade Runner, you know, um, Robocop, Aliens. It's got um, the chap who, um, play, one who played Hicks in Aliens. He's the main character. All right. Oh. And he does all the sort of one-liners. And, it, and then it takes the piss out of all modern games as well. So he goes around, when you pick up stuff, he says things like, well, at least I'm not picking up fucking feathers. <laughs> And I like that very much. Yes. <laughs> and when you start the game and you have your... Now, this is the only bad thing. You get your normal customary tutorial. But the first thing it says on the tutorial is press enter to prove you can read. That is a brilliant tutorial. <laughs> yeah, I think, it is. I, think it I might screw that up. You might do. And it then says... And it's things like, well, sprinting is faster than running. 
but try try sprinting now. <laughs> it's just ridiculous the whole time. And then later on, you get a tutorial box and you hit enter, and then another one immediately pops up, and it keeps doing this. At one point, it says one upgrade to premium edition, and you can we'll play the game for you. Then at the very end, it says click enter now to stop all these annoying tutorial boxes popping up. <laughs> But what I like about it is because they've had to condense the game, it's obviously shorter than Far Cry. I heard it was only a couple of hours. I'm on about four or five hours now. And That's pretty good for a, for a game these for days. For a game that costs, well, at the time I bought it, five ninety nine, and it's normally eleven ninety nine. but is still... Is the replay value good? Yeah, I would say so. It's got all the sort of stuff that made Far Cry 3 good. Did they get rid of that annoying thing that you mentioned before with the whole phone calls, you go off and do something else and then it comes back? No. That's because it's basically still using the same yeah. engine. It's also an engine thing. I was just hoping maybe they'd kind of... No, they not fixed that. But because there's less story missions in it, that only happens like the once I've encountered it. What I was good about, because it's a smaller game, they've had to basically simplify a lot of the stuff from the Far Cry's, which has actually made it better, in my opinion. All like, the crafting stuff you had in Far Cry is gone. Instead, you just sort of have everything open straight from the start, which is nice. You now just get abilities. No sort of skill trees or anything like that. You just get them unlocked. You get more every time you level up. You just get them unlocked, and you level up ridiculously fast. I mean, I've not even done half the quests. I'm already on level twenty six out of thirty. So you just ridiculously quick. And you know, a blood dragon gives you five hundred XP, and it's like fifteen thousand per level. So you kill three of them, and bomb your nut. Pretty good. So it's really nice and quick. Yeah, it's got even the simple things like you know you get the little customary quotes between on the t- on the loading screen tips like, you know like eating food restores health. This sort of takes piss out of them as well. So it says grenades explode. Wow. Yeah. Liberated posts outposts are liberated. That's amazing. Nice. But, and, I'd have never known. And the other one I like was, when you run out of health, the game will let you know by placing game over on the screen for you. <laughs> And it's just all full of crap. It's just basically, it's, it, I think the developers just said, fuck it, we're just going to do something stupid. And it is really good, and for Lev Nights, I would recommend it. It's all good. Excellent. Because I have got it on the PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah? And I managed to get hold of a copy for PlayStation 3. I've not had a chance to play it, but I, I really wanted to. As soon as I found that it would I've take a I've been told by other in. people I know uh, who have played it that I would really like it, and yeah. they're generally people who I trust on games. So, if you yeah. like sort of 80s films, and also the... I don't know what style the cuts into from, so I don't recognise it, but I've heard the cutscenes are based on sort of like the early Metal Gear games. All right. So the cutscenes are like sort of... The best thing the animation. Yes, people, I have seen them, and yeah, they they are. Yes, they, yeah. The best thing the people sort of move, but they don't actually walk. When they, they're just their sort of character model just moves, but static. That's the best way I can describe the cutscenes. And it's like it's a just, comic book effect, really. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. But it's obviously based on sort of sort of emulate sort of low tech sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow. All them years ago. And you, as a melee attack, you can give people the finger. That's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know why that just reminds me of Duke Nukem. Yeah, forever. I was straight away thinking of Duke Nukem. I'm like, all I missed really from Duke Nukem Forever was the Mighty Boot. I missed the Mighty Boot so much in Forever. It was insane. It was one of my favourite kind of weapons, I guess. Just to go up to someone and just boot. And that always in the makes face. me think of uh, Wolfenstein in one of the Wolfenstein games where the kick is your sub attack, so you can be shooting people and kicking yeah. the shit out of them yeah. while you're shooting them, you, which you is could, pretty um, fun. If you played Duke Nukem 3D on the PC, um, Mighty Boot was an actual button oh, yeah, and it was. a weapon, yeah, it was so you could actually kind it? of Lucan kick Stomping people. Stomping things while you're shooting. <laughs> that was amazing. I think the best game for kicking has got to be Original Fear. 
when you saw that flying kick and just send people flying across the screen. That's I hate to say I barely played. Oh, fear. I've never oh. played it. Have you never played Fear? No, I've got them all. The AR... I was recently in the Humble Bundle. Yeah, well, the original Fear is good. Don't bother about any of the rest. I have to be. I'm not much of an FPS player. I sort of no. have to have a specific thing going in an yeah. FPS for me to play it. But Far Cry, that was. I mean, I'm not very much of a. No, a I've, I've seen. Player, but... I've watched Far Cry Three being played around a friend's house, and I have to admit, it did look quite fun. Yeah, it is good fun. Storyline's a little bit ridiculous, but it's good fun. Yeah. But I don't mind that. I like that game. I tell you what this made me think of when I was playing this um, Far Cry Blood Dragon. It made me think of when you described Hyper Dimension Neptunia. And that's basically <laughs> a piss take out the console wars. This is basically a piss take out everything else. <laughs> yeah, so we've got <laughs> two games, piss take everything. Mm, yeah, brilliant. Modern much. gaming is pretty easy to parody, though. Yeah, I was going to gonna say fair. it's not exactly difficult. When you said it takes the piss out of all modern games, I was like, that's not really hard to do <laughs> these days. No. Is it? But in fact, some bother to do is quite good. Yeah. <laughs> a a modern game takes the piss out of modern gaming. Winning, winning. So what about yourself, Luke. Oh Christ! Right, I've got a stack. These are going to be quick because no, what do you know? Fine. I've been playing on <clears throat> the area. <coughs> Yeah, and uh, oh, and the game stick. Well, I hate to say it, but I turned on the UE the other day to see what games are. I I do this every now and then. That's the only reason the UE really sits on my desk is to see what they've actually done to the damn thing to see if they've made it any good. And they've actually released some reasonable games. Okay, so they recently released a first-person shooter called Neon Shadow. I've just said I'm not much of a shooter player, but this is very kind of arcadey, kind of uh, Doom. Quake, just run in Old there. School, yeah. Some random yeah. AI's gone ape shit. The whole point of the game is literally just run in there and just lay waste to everything with machine guns and rocket launchers and all that kind of bollocks. I the only thing I don't really like about it at the moment is it's pretty crazy. It's chaos everywhere. Everything's coming at you. You die really quickly if you're not very good at shooters or if you're playing it on pussy mode, or if you're not playing it on pussy mode. But I, I don't. I, yeah, if you're playing it on pussy quickly, mode, you die really what's quick. What's the other modes like? But like <laughs> They've got like these really. They're supposed to be like I guess attack drones, like attack dogs, but they look more like pigs with laser noses, which is kind oh, of weird. Nice. That was kind of trippy, but that was kind of a fun game. And then I've been playing Hang On on the the old Sega uh, Mega Drive game. Yeah. By um, was it Yu Suzuki? Yeah. I love Hang On. I always go back. Everyone's talking about these consoles, like new consoles. I always go back to my retro. Yeah, I have that same escape too. <laughs> and that's the only real. The other good thing about the Yu Gi is you can play your emulators, but the control pad's still crap, so they haven't fixed that. Whatever. Game Stick. Now the games on Game Stick are so cheap. I mentioned this another Android games console. The controls aren't bad. I found that the controls can be just as bad as the Yu Gi, depending on how far away you're sat from the machine. So it will occasionally drop out, but. I played Vector, which is a free-running game. I think I may have mentioned it in the podcast when I first spoke of the U year. Basically, you just play as... Um, it's like a 1984 kind of vibe. This guy t- kind of flips out and sprints out of the office. They chase him. And basically, it's like a free-running game. You just jump over rooftops and all that all kind right. of crap. On the U year, it plays pretty smooth. My only gripe with that on the U year was it had a bit of slowdown. The game stick is a, is a fair bit less powerful than the U year, so it's got... A, Fair bit more slowdown, but it's still playable. It's still fun. Played Riptide GP, which is kind of like Wave Race crossed with another one of the kind of uh, jet ski style racing games. But for the life of me, I can't remember what the hell it was called. That was pretty damn fun. Then we get to the bad part. Oh, like, yeah. like a couple of days ago, I thought, you know what, I'm just going <sighs> to Fiverr. I haven't really got an extra Fiverr to burn on a couple of crappy Android games, but you know what? Why not? I'll do it for a laugh. Five quid, I thought, there's some games I haven't played, they look interesting. One of them, 
Dark Incursion looked somewhat like Castlevania. It looked like Castlevania. It would play like an older Castlevania. It didn't. Oh, dear. It's slow. It's clunky. It's got guns in it, so it's kind of like a, a cyberpunky, steampunky kind of thing going right. on. Right. The fucking weapons fire really slowly. The mechanics are crap. The enemies are so goddamn slow. You, the only time you will die in that game is because the control pads are so Does fucking clunky. Does it feel clunky. like a beta test game? You yeah, pretty much. It's basically something that, like, it looks alright, it looks quite nice, but it just doesn't control well, yeah, very I mean, the well. The real thing with Castlevania is it's a fast game. You yeah. have to be fast to play it. If, so if they if they speed it up a bit, and they make it so the enemies aren't yeah. completely fucking retarded, then I'm cool with it. Are these games for the games that you, are they developed by any of the big boys, or are these all sort of little independent uh, the, These are basically indie consoles. These are games that you would get on an Android phone, but I'm not too sure about Dark, if it's going to be on, if it has been yeah. on an Android phone or another console, so it could just be it as a Duff port. Is there any way to um, like rate these games on there at all? So can you like sit, like people? I think it does have a rating system. I mean, you can just literally like it'll have the developers' names on the thing. You could literally just email them and say, "Look, fix this fucking game. It's annoying the crap out of me." But for two, I think it was about two pounds. You can't really complain. No, I played it and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't. If they just tighten the yeah. controls, it could actually be fun. Yeah. But the controls were crap, and I had the same thing with um, Expendable. It had, like, smash TV-style controls, so one stick moves, the other stick shoots. I saw the thing of that when you had it up earlier. Is that, like, Millennium Soldier Expendable from the Dreamcast? Because the it, little picture looks exactly the same. So basically, top-down view, yeah, top smash-style yeah. controls, so you can shoot in all the different directions. It... Because I haven't actually played it. Oh, well... But the the GameStick game just is not fun. No. Um, well, actually, it's... Millennium Soldier Expendable, I have to forget, wasn't really that fun. Well, it's just when I saw the picture, I thought straight away, that's a game from the Dreamcast days. Well, what we might have to do then is get you to play the game, and I'll have you do a little commentary so you can if actually you like, say what I, you think. I haven't played the other Expendable game in God knows how long, though. Well, I got oh, it yeah. given to me, it was that bad, because somebody <laughs> else didn't want it. And it, it sat nicely in my Dreamcast collection, but yeah, I never really liked it. It looked alright to be there. Just it was on the, the end. Alienated, outcast from the rest of the game. It was like the book. You know, yeah. Or well, if your shelf ever starts to crack, if any of the games are getting dog eared or anything, then that's the one. We'll leave that on oh, the Oh no, end. I need a new case just <laughs> as it comes. Throw the disc out, swap it out. I mean, they're not. I'm not expecting kind of next gen stuff out no. of the UU and the game no. stick. They're not bad little systems. I have slammed the UU quite a bit, but uh, Neon Shadow really did kind of bring it back for me. It's like, you know what? Some of these games do have potential if the developers actually put some fucking yeah. work in rather than just saying, hey, look, here's some pixel art. Look, it's retro y. Buy it. I, I don't like enough. how indie gaming is actually being hijacked by these hacks because there's a lot of potential with indie gaming. We've had some, like, Hotline Miami, as I mentioned earlier, fantastic game. And then there's some quite, quite big games that are under the indie sort of label, aren't there? Yeah. But then you get the odd crappy game. And you do. the odd crappy game seems to be coming about more often now, doesn't it? Shamefully, that's how the year has been hijacked. It's just all... Yeah, I think the problem with, um, in some cases, the case of indie gaming is that it's gotten easier to make games, which is both a blessing and a curse. Yep. When it was really complicated and hard to make a game, the people who wanted to make the games were the ones who were really dedicated, really put the time, put the effort in. They wanted it to be good because they wanted yeah. to make a game. Now you've got all these tools to make the game so easily you know you've got like um, game maker pro 
and they're so cheap really to buy. I mean, you can get like the free version of Unity, the Ouya dev kit. I mean, the Ouya itself is the dev kit. If you were going to, you know, develop on the Xbox or whatever, yeah. you'd have to spend a small fortune to get the dev kit. Yeah, yeah exactly. like we're going back to sort of Nick Rose PlayStation. Yeah, there, if you, you remember yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, I think, the trouble is it's now got so easy that anybody could pick up a thing, bash out a game, and it's done. It's a bit like sort of writing on the internet, you know, when before people had all these places to put their fan fiction you didn't really get that much around because people didn't have a way to get it out there so much. And only the ones who do are the ones who really dedicated and sort of pushed it. Now, anyone can just go on any website, put some, write something in Notepad and it's up there and it's gone. That's, I think, the trouble going to have with indie games and it's just going to it's gonna happen. Yeah. And it's just going to be a case of you just have to hope that the gems shine through. Yeah. I mean, write their way through. I think they do for the most part, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, most of the, the bigger indie games I've played have been really good. Yeah. I mean, that is a bonus to... The Uyo, I suppose, and that all of the games are free to try. That's good, yeah. Unlike the game stick, but the thing I've found is that I'm actually playing, I'm trying the games on the Uyo, and if they're available on the game stick, I'm actually buying them on the yeah. game stick. I mean, that's quite a nice requirement, though. If that's a, requirement, it's a requirement of the Uyo, they have yeah. to be free to try. Every that's, game has to be. That's quite a nice requirement, and something I do agree with that they should be free. I don't think you should ever have to buy a game. To try it. No, yeah. yeah. De- demos need to be more prominent, yeah. really, don't Particularly they? Particularly if you use, like, I use this sort of distribution in the form of Steam. If I buy a game, I can't return it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just got, oh, I've got hopes that someone else has bought it. And I can look at all the Metacritic scores and reviews online and read out people's saying. And you actually have to hope that someone that's actually reviewed the game has the same kind of taste yeah. as you do. Exactly. Otherwise, yes. it, it, exactly. it doesn't really mean anything. But there was a, there is actually just one more game on the UE that I, I've had it installed for a long time. I've, I kind of just browsed out, just couldn't be bothered to play it. It's a game called Polarity. Oh, right. And it's New Year exclusive, and it's very much kind of like... It sounds stupid, but imagine Uplink crossed with Portal. So you've got, like, the Portal kind of lab-style setting, right. but you're a hacker, like, in Uplink. Right. So the idea is that it's a Polarity-based game, so you can switch colours... If you're red, you can go through red lasers. Blue, you can go through blue lasers. You can stand on certain platforms when you're a different polarity or whatever. Pick up different blocks. It's just really a little puzzle game, a fun little puzzle game. I've only played the demo. I haven't actually picked it up. But it's actually really quite fun just because of the way it works. It's so simple in its design, but it's actually really fun. The only trouble is you can burn through the demo in about a minute. If you've actually... if you've kind of got how the game works in your head and you skip the tutorial bit you can burn clean through the demo in a minute which basically makes you sort of think to yourself how long is it going to get for the main game yeah but then again it's probably not going to cost more than say and again you've got to gauge replay value there haven't you because the game just got that addictive element yeah I mean sometimes something you will play again and again and again and again I've played the demo several times I mean it took me a few times to get it down to being under a minute but it's actually really quite fun if someone has a new year I would probably actually recommend if someone has a new year, yeah. not many. Then if I would actually. And if you've got it, not destroyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a nice little brick. It's all right, but that's pretty much that's it. Fair enough. And I'll turn to our guests now. So, um, what have I been playing? Well, other than I had a little trip to London recently, and I went to an arcade Ooh. in London. A little place they still called, exist. It's this little place called Heart of Gaming, and it's set up by a number of young guys who have just put it together. They've got about. I'd say about 16 cabinets there and they swap boards in and out so you can play any game you want. You pay a £10 fit to go in, you can play any kind of classic game. 
So they've got all sorts of Neo Geo games, Naomi board games. Naomi really... being uh, the arcade version of the Dreamcast for anyone yep. who doesn't know. Then you've got sort of classic retro style games. It's really, really good. I nice... re- when I, well, I can remember when you first told me about it, I really just wanted you to say they've got a Robotron machine in there. Yeah. I would have been there in a second. I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure on all the retro games because we only had time to play so much. And me being an Neo Geo nut, I was on fighting games a lot of the time. Yeah. And Metal Slug, of course. I didn't really have a look at all of their retro games, but we'll check the list at some point, and they yeah. may well have Robotron there. At some point, we might have to go down there and make a We've got to go there at some point, yeah. Fun. I mean, next time we go down, you're more than welcome to come with us. Sounds and, good. Yeah, that'll be we'll have to, cool. We'll drag Nick along and see if he'll yeah, play definitely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, I must I'll confess now, I've never played an arcade game in my life. See, that's never? where... You you have to, mate. It's a completely different... It really is. It's a completely different feel to every other kind of gaming out there. I mean... Um, one thing that was like, when while, while I was out, I played against other people. So I played against one of the, the reigning fighting game champs on a certain game. He thrashed me. No two ways about it. But afterwards, we got up, we shook hands, we had a little chat about the game. And I think that's something that's missing in online games because of your anonymity. Yeah. You're going to get people just you know insulting Constantly, each other, mom, swearing at each other. Yeah. yeah. And and one thing about the arcade is you couldn't do that because you probably you'd lose probably a few be- teeth. Yeah. But, <laughs> That was the nice thing about it, and that's something I'd like to see come back, really. Because I can, I, we, I mean, Last Off, where we're currently recording, had a fair few arcades, and I mean, we had a couple of Norton Broad. We, we had, did, yeah. Because we're a seaside town, yeah, so we had uh, quite a few South arcades. The South Pier and the Claremont Pier, you had quite a few games up there. And they had good games when we yeah, had Metal Slug, yeah. the Time Crisis I mean, yeah, Time series, Crisis 2, when um, that first came out, that was in both arcades down there. Um, House had, of the Dead 2. Yeah. We had uh, games like the Simpsons arcade games, the Turtle arcade games. Oh, God, yeah, gone back to them. uh, Jurassic Park. We had Afterburner. We had what? Konami's Vendetta. I mean, and that's a niche title, and yet we had that in... uh... We had one of the rarest Sega arcade machines I've ever known in existence. The full-blown F-Zero AX simulator machine. You know the thing where you actually sat into the cockpit and the whole thing would swing as you moved the F-Zero racer? Holy hell, when someone said to me, we had one, I was in shock. Because most places in the world just had like, the shitty Funnily little kind enough, of sit-down or stand-up like Because we had the Star Wars Pod Racer one in there for a while yeah. as well, didn't we? There were some quite big arcade games in there. There was a big arcade at the time. But, but yeah, shamefully going now, there now... It's all slot machines and doll lights trying to double their money. Oh, yes. It's a bit of a shame. But yeah, other than that, other than going back to the arcade games, I... I Funnily enough, I've been playing PC games mostly, and yet, one of those PC games is an arcade game in a way. It's King of Fighters 13. So we're going straight back into the Neo Geo Fighters there, but on a PC, surprisingly works really well. Like like keyboard controller? No, I'm playing it with a controller and looking to get a proper arcade stick, but. Just for our listeners, you don't know what that is, because I don't know either. Just very briefly what it is. King of Fighters. Yes. Go on sort of classic fighting games. King of Fighters was, well, it was Fatal Fury originally, and it was SNK's answer to Street Fighter 2. Right. It was like the rival. So it was a beat em up game. Yeah, yeah. A, a sort of beat em up game, rival to the Capcom series. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all it is, SNK really. SNK developed the Neo Geo, which was amazing. It was the arcade brought home, wasn't it? It, it was, was. It, it was, was the, the Dreamcast of its era. Exactly. It was the first time you could properly have full-blown arcade-quality games at home. But in a way, that was its failing, wasn't it? Because it was you were so looking expensive. at spending about 150 quid per game because you're looking at putting an arcade board 
into your system. Yeah. I mean, there were, were actual kits available, weren't there? Too, the console yeah, itself compared. was pretty pricey as well, yeah. wasn't it? But the, the hardware of it was amazing. The Fantastic. technology it was really amazing. It really forced everybody else to move forward, didn't it? We mm. probably would have been held back a bit. And if it was supported for, for quite a while as well, wasn't it? It was, so, yeah. It's a pretty good little machine. Yeah, so King of Fighters is 13, so yeah, <laughs> the latest iteration in this long line of games. But it's really good. When you say you're going to get an arcade stick for it, does it yeah. just support like any old arcade stick? Is it is it kind of like one of them games on I Steam where it haven't supports? The um, like, um, you know when you plug in an Xbox control pad and you get all the kind of Xboxy style yeah. of UI. Is it like that? It does that. It says, oh yeah, now you press like B and A and all that kind of crap. Do you know what? I can't actually think. To be honest with you, oh, okay. so <laughs> I'm say, not like, concentrating you, on that when I'm playing it. <laughs> you know, if you plugged in the arcade stick, I was just curious as to whether or not it would kind of reskin the game. It might do. It, it could well do that. I, I haven't got got a clue really. That's but I have to try cool. it when I get one. You'll have. You're seriously yeah. going to have to tell us. We have, have to, to drag him on to find well, out. That'll be in a flashback in a few episodes. <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> the only other game I've really been playing at the moment is Payday Two, which is on Steam sale for the weekend. Ooh, I uh, bought it before it went on the Steam sale, oh, which is a bit it. annoying. But the only reason I got it is because the demo came out very recently and I got to try it. And it being a first-person shooting game, I never played the first one before because, yeah, well, I'm not really into those kind of games. But I thought, well, the demo's there. I'll try it. Downloaded it, tried it, fell in love with it. It's a really good game. It's It's a sort of teamwork-based game. You can't really play it. You can't play single player on it. I have tried playing with bots. It doesn't work. No. You need to have other players playing with you. But you're not playing against each other. It's four players on a team. You can level up so you can give your character stat boosts and change yeah. what your, your gear and stuff is. But it works especially well when you've got a team of four people who all know what they're doing. Yeah. What's it about? You're four bank robbers, basically, right. and you pull heists. The heists are all different. Right. There's all different ways of going about it. Like You can be stealthy. At the moment, we were discussing this earlier, there's not much reward for playing stealthy, so a lot of people are avoiding the stealth aspect of the game, right. which is a shame. Because you get more for just... Well, yeah, you can potentially get more money quicker by just running in and blasting everything. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard someone describe it to me as Left 4 Dead meets Cops and Robbers. Would that be a fair comment? I've not played Left 4 Dead, but from oh. what I've seen of Left 4 Dead, it could be a fair comment, yeah, because it does have that four-player co-op aspect. This is going to sound really horrible. I completely forgot about Left 4 Dead, and I own Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead too, <laughs> and I'm just not bothered to... I'm going to have to play those. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'd say that's a fair comparison. Yeah. But it is a very fun game, yeah. As, so it's worth buying, would you say? On... Oh, definitely, yeah. Would you I say pay full price or Steam sale? I mean, do you regret buying it? I don't regret price? buying it. Others might because, again, it's not like a full... You've not got a campaign. You are just playing multiplayer missions. But you do get a lot of bang for your buck. There are quite a few missions to play through and they are quite varied. Do we actually so... know if this is going to be one of them games where if they shut down servers, it's gone or...? Potentially, I don't really know. To be honest you, with you, what, so, so you don't host your own server with it then, or no, I don't believe you do. Um, we might have to look that one. Yeah, we'll check that out. Most of the time, I don't if you actually. Can't, it's a bit crap, to be honest. Yeah, yeah just imagine I, I servers. Get I think you probably can. I, I never host games in it. I just jump in and play oh, normally. Okay. So I'm I'm oh, playing with do. other people. Fair don't ever really host a game. We might have that but, in a flashback. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'm pretty certain you can host your own. To be fair, because like you say, it wouldn't really work otherwise. But 
I think it's a good game, personally. Yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I mean, surprised. I did see the by... first one was on, uh, on sale as well. Yeah. Three pounds. Thank you for grabbing me that. That was That's very kind. Cool. I've I've got Payday One on the PlayStation Three as well. It was actually given away in the PlayStation Plus kind of things where you you know you subscribe to PlayStation Network for yeah. fifty quid a year and they bundle in loads of games. Once you subscribe, Payday was on there. I just haven't played it. I wanted to, but. I'm not really one for pick-up groups for team-based games. From what I've, I did play a bit of the first one after getting it, and I think it's one of those games where the second one knocks the first one out of the water and that you really? won't play it, really. Yeah. But, the, I don't know, the first one probably could still be played, depending on whether you've really played it before or not. I guess people who have played the first one before are more likely to go back to it than people who have already played the second one say, a lot of people started with the sequel. From what I'd heard anyway, a lot of the old kind of Payday fans well, yeah, there, the first one. There was a the character one. in the first one that got changed. Like I said, the, the team was more varied in the first one because there was an English guy on the team, but he got cut in favour of an American character that's Ugh, come into the so second right. one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame, because the English character actually seemed kind of fun. I mean, there's lots of English slang and stuff going on. The guy, whenever anyone else... You can call your teammates over here, see? The others are like, hey, get over here. And he's like, hey, up, over here. And it's <laughs> kind of comical. And, yeah, calling people twats in general, sort of. Good <laughs> stuff. English lingo. Good old traditional English high society lingo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I suppose moving on to stuff that we're looking forward Actually, to. Yeah. There is one oh, last no, thing I have to we say. Oh. No, no, no. I just want to say that even though all of us have said we're not really big fans of shooters. I mean, <laughs> Nick, you play kind of I'm more... First-person uh, shooters. And not like so that. much. That's not really even a first-person shooter. You prefer Rainbow Six. If I were to put COD in front of you... I wouldn't play COD. You know, you'd rather play like a, an actual military-style yeah, shooter. Yeah, Rainbow yeah. Six has a lot more strategy involved, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? The proper Rainbow Six. We've yeah. all said yeah, we don't original. really play shooters... Yeah, we're all yeah, it's talking about shooters. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think it, it depends on what's yeah. introduced. <laughs> if a game is just about shooting, yeah, I want to play. If it's like Cold like or Like I was saying to you, then. the thing with Payday I really liked is it discourages you from just all out guns blazing. If you shoot hostages, the dude on the other end of your microphone will have a go at you and will say to you, no, you can't yeah. do that. You have to pay cleaners bills for everyone you kill. And he's kind of morally against it because he's your traditional... Bank robber, yes. cat burglar style guy. Right. So, is it possible? You mentioned about sort of stealth in it. Is it possible, say, to complete a heist? Because I imagine, that I'm guessing the way it's all normal game will work is you'll go in, you'll take over, it'll start with a key, start with money, police turn up, you have to shoot your way out. Yeah. I'm guessing that's generally rolls. Is it possible to complete a heist with, say, Perfectly without letting the police get there, you know, in, it out, surgical be. strike, get I, out, no one knows you I there. haven't seen the main bank heist pulled off like that, but. You do have hostage control. So if you build your character to be a mastermind, you can run in, fire your gun off, shout everybody get down, everyone will hit the floor. If you prevent anyone from hitting an alarm, you can potentially prevent the police from being called and get away with the goods. There are other missions which aren't based around heists where you're stealing from politicians and being hired to do other such dubious acts where you can sneak through and you can potentially take out security guards or avoid them completely, get what you're after and get out like the old Thief games. Oh, which is... So is every mission roughly the same in terms of how you approach it? Or... It's not, no. It's totally different. You have a heist where you've got to grab a thermal drill, bring that in, drill the vault, control everyone who's in the in the building, make sure you can get out with all the goods. You've then got like diamond heists, running in, smashing and grabbing, getting out as fast as you can. And then, like I say, you've got more political-based missions where you're being hired to 
break into mansions and things, pick up uh, five or six different items and get out without being seen. Are the NPCs randomly placed or are they static? So once you learn where everyone is on the map, do they stay that way? I think or? that they're randomly placed. They move around randomly seemingly as well. I, I've i played the heist a few times and the guards catch me off guard every now and then. I can't always guess where they're going to be. So, right, so that's, that's kind of cool. So uh, the last thing yeah. I want to know is like, you know, you don't want to go run into the game. You learn where all the NPCs are. You know where all the guards are going to yeah. be. And then every time you play, you're just like right there, yeah, there, there's and there. Yeah, there's separate then... ways of doing it. The cameras are placed differently quite a lot as well. So okay. you can get caught out quite a bit with that. And again, there was a trick going on with a mission. There's a, a mission called the Ukrainian Job where people were exploiting the C4. If you'd leveled to have C4, you could potentially run into this mission, just shout at everybody to get on the ground, get to the safe in the back, C4 it, grab what's in the safe, leg it out, and you're done. 35 second mission. But now they've changed it so that 50% of the time the safe will be different. So there's a certain kind of safe that C4 doesn't work on. So when you go in thinking you're going to do it in 35 seconds, you may be there a little longer than you thought you'd You could have just gone and kicked yourself square in there. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Meaning you'll have to shoot your way out instead, which in itself is kind of fun. Yeah. Why well, I wanted somebody to model level that's based on the original Die Hard. That would yes, be that would be cool. cool. You have you have you've got to keep the police at bay. You've got like speed. It's going to take you six hours to get into the vault. There's a random NPC that you can't defeat that just walks around like like a big daddy type thing. Just kills one of your guys every so often. Could you imagine if they did that in real time? You have well? to so bitch slap. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Literally, it's a six-hour mission. That would be, amazing. be amazing. That would be cool. <laughs> Being Hans Gruber. Yeah. Shoot yeah. dudes in the head so, when they're not cooperating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never developers get to it. If not, Nick, get to it. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'll do that. Sounds Marvel. like fun See to you tomorrow. I'll do it. I'll have done by the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> fair enough. I better learn how to use an editor first. <laughs> right, so. Stuff we're looking forward to. I've only got a couple. Uh, so, Far Cry 4, we know, is on the way. It's been announced accidentally by the composer. He was interviewed in a right. music magazine and he accidentally said, oh yeah, I'm making the music for Far Cry 4. And then about a few hours after he said that, they got pulled the interview. So, so they know Far Cry 4 has now been made. I don't know what stage long game about you start composing music, but I'm guessing it's reasonably far along. You don't want to start straight until you've done all the asset, most of the assets. Yeah. Part. So I'm guessing it's probably, I would have, I'm going to guess when that be next year. Hell come out. Uh, it doesn't feel like Far Cry 3 is that old, really, does it's it? Only, it's not that old. It, it doesn't, though. It's only about a year or so old, isn't it? It's only come out, was it last year or the year before? It's come up in last year. I think year. it was last year. Yeah, yeah. it's not very old. Early to mid last year. Yeah, but you know what Ubisoft are like. It's just, it Crank just, them out every 10 minutes. I was going to say, it, does, <laughs> it is kind of bugging me a bit now how quickly games and sequels are getting released. I mean, didn't we have Assassin's Creed 4 just come out? But it's not the fourth Assassin's Creed game. It's like, what, six? Pirate Assassin's Creed, isn't yeah, it? It's like, yeah. And that does Assassin's Creed is only what six, seven years old Something now. Like so that, why yeah. do we have to have a refresh every year? But it's basically because that they can do it because they're using mostly the same tech again, aren't they? they just right. add things to it. The the aim range of these are so modular they can just add stuff to it quite quickly and easily. So that's why they do. I'm not a far. I think they should really call it free running Invincible Swordsman's Creed because it's not really much to do with assassins, is it? Let's yeah, I, I, I've only <laughs> I've, I've seen the first one played, and I didn't see quite how you were much of an assassin really. It was quite fun, but it did sting me in the ass a bit when it came to actually assassinating your target because I was one of these guys that would go around. I would do every single mission. Cause you only had to do like three, three pieces yeah. of an actual. Okay, remember what they call it? They're not really missions; they're memories, aren't they? Yeah. You'd only have to. Oh God! And I forgot about that. And then you 
you get pulled out and you're that other bloke walking around in the laboratory. Oh my so god. You'd only have to do like three parts of any particular memory or whatever. If we could fast forward to the assassination, yeah. I would actually do all of them. So I'd, I'd get that the four. really immersion break in. It just yeah. ruins it for me. See, that's why I had to do all of the little bits. Also, so the fact that you guys can leap from tall buildings but can't swim in the first not. one. Yeah, in the first one, if you fall in the water, you die. They changed it in the sequel. Because he was in Venice, it would have been a bit hard. If you <laughs> yeah, it would have been, been amazing. I managed to grow up not knowing how to swim. But still, I mean, that but that was my problem with the Assassin's Creed series. I would scope out all these people, I would find out what they did wrong, whether or not I thought they really deserved to be assassinated. And then when it came to actually assassinate him, walk up to him, there you go, there's a cutscene. They fucking spot me and leg it. And I'm like, yeah. great, now I just what? have to fucking... Master Assassin can't assassinate anybody. Yeah, exactly. What he should have done based on Hitman, Blood Money. Yeah. I haven't no. played a Hitman game in years. God, no, the last one I played was Hitman 2, I yeah, think. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same, I just remember the, the mansion. Was that, that might be yeah, the, the first, first level, mansion. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hitman, Blood Money. Disguise yourself as a milkman and get in. <laughs> Sounds like a porno, doesn't it, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm here to assassinate the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> So you go that you start chatting up the guy's wife as you knock yeah. on the door. Yeah. Is that a silenced pistol in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Oh my god. <laughs> oh dear. We've gone from Far Cry to just some random porno, like Far yeah. Cry porno. There's <laughs> bound to be a Hitman porno there somewhere. There's got to be, hasn't there? Go- Luke, Google it. <laughs> oh no, my don't, god. Don't do that. That, uh, that probably comes with some really dodgy stuff. Yeah, yeah. That'll be snuff films, 1869. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good one. Oh, very good. That's amazing. Uh, the only other one I'm looking forward to, well, I say looking forward to, actually got released two Just days ago. one last ago. thing, the dude did oh, like going in through the back door, so. He did, yeah. <laughs> uh, I say looking forward to, actually got released like two days ago, which is um, Bioshock Infinite Burial Sea, which basically you take Bioshock Infinite and then you set it back in Rapture, the original right. Bioshock games. All right. So you've got the Bioshock Infinite combat, but in Rapture. And it's set before the fall of Rapture. Uh, for anyone who don't know, Bioshock uh, original games were based on this underwater city that everything went badly wrong, and they both all started becoming massive druggies and killing each other. That's the summary of it. Uh, In- short. Infinite was set uh, is a completely thing that if you can understand the plot after playing it one time through, then you're genius. Because I certainly didn't. I don't actually think anyone knows what the plot is. I had to read a blog post and then I understood it. I know there was a lot of controversy. Like you were bat. Tized at some point, and everyone yeah. went absolutely mental about it. it like, I saw the amazing puzzle at the beginning, and that was enough to put me off forever. <laughs> Ring this bell in this order. Great. Wow. But after fact, if you actually look into it, there's a lot of, um, it's actually highly detailed. There's, there's even symbolism built into that. It's full of symbolism throughout the entire game. If you actually sit and actually look into it, it's ridiculous how much time and effort they put into it. It's all about quantum mechanics, basically. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they basically said that and go, right, we're going to set, uh, uh, use the infinite engine, but set it in Rapture. So you play as this main, same character, but instead of being this PI who goes to the city in the clouds in 1912, he's a detective in Rapture. Right. And he gets approached by this lady called Elizabeth, who is the other main character. Is this Rapture like, yeah, pre all the pre, pre, pre stuff the four. Yeah. This is set, I feel, about a year before the four happens. So you're at that stage where Fontaine and Andrew Ryan are sort of at, sort of starting to get their teeth, trying to compete each other out, but not quite gone all the way there. So the big daddies have arrived, the little sisters have arrived. And basically, you're hired to look after, look for a missing child. Oh. But it's got basically, you look at it, it's 
is basically Bioshock Infinite. From all the screenshots I've seen, it's all Bioshock Infinite's combat, and they've just copied it across, but just replaced instead of um, Vickers, it's Eve instead. That's all been copied up. But I mean, that's quite interesting. My only thing I have read about it, which I'm not too keen about, is apparently it only lasts a couple of hours, but it's 11 for a couple mm. hours of gameplay. Wink said, like, for Dishonored, you had... The DLC was 11.99, but it was, like, six hours of gameplay. That two hours, it seems... And it's two, well, nearly a year to make it. You know, just um, Barshaw Infinite come out in March, so it's been, what, eight months? Yeah, we keep on we keep on kind of bringing this up, that really, when you think about it, some games are, like, 40 to 60 pounds, and they only last three or four hours. So oh, I know, but... But I, to yeah. get a bit of DLC that lasts a couple of hours, and it's only, like, ten bucks, it's... No, I still think that's too... I mean, I've if I had a game that cost me... 40 or 50 quid and lasted four hours I'd be bloody pissed off I see that's Metal Gear Ryzen Revengeance or whatever it was called that's funny because we were going back earlier or before the podcast even when we were talking about retro gaming and how games we bought back then cost us 40 odd quid 50 quid and you finish it in an hour (laughs) these days how how much we complain these days about how short games are but really when you go back but then again the games back then a lot of them had replay value didn't they a lot fucking harder Exactly, so it's challenge. Yeah, which case. is something we, that we've established in previous podcasts, that they've just kind of... They want people to beat the game, they want people to experience yeah. the game rather than be challenged by it. And yeah. you don't really... Some games still do it. I mean, Volgar Vikings, another game I've played quite recently. that's an indie title, isn't it? And yeah, it's an indie title, but it goes back to the roots of old-school gaming. It's very hard, mm. but it's about mastering patterns. Once you've got the pattern of a level down, you can do it a little bit easier. Yeah. But trial and error gameplay... Lots of replay value, and I think that's something we miss in games these days yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the only reasons why achievements and trophies are so popular now is because you don't really feel all that rewarded for beating a game because they've yeah. literally pulled most of the challenge out. Yeah, well, we that. didn't really need it back then. No, did because we, we, we made so hard. We made it all ourselves as well. Really, if you think about it, like you know, these days you need achievements to encourage you to go off the path and and do yeah. whatever. Whereas way back when, I can remember when we used to play. You know, shooters, and we would just randomly make up rules. Whereas, you know, now it's like games have. You know to be... exactly what I'm thinking of, don't you? Minority Report. Yeah, <laughs> the the ragdoll clown. The ragdoll cheat. Right. For anyone that doesn't know, there was a game based on Minority Report on the original Xbox. We well, played as was... a guy that looked nothing like Tom Cruise. Can I make <laughs> one guess, Buzz? I didn't play this game, but is it? But was it did get turned to a cover-based shooter by any chance? Uh, I don't know really how you could explain it. It was sort of a shooting game with beat 'em up elements, wasn't yeah. it? Like s- it was, it was an interesting title. It wasn't a very good title, but I mean, we unlocked the cheats menu and we got uh, ragdoll mode. So you'd press in the left stick, and all of a sudden your character would just ragdoll. But the great thing about the ragdolling was, if you ragdoll on an object, it would affect as if you'd been knocked through it. Yeah. So we were launching the guy into the air, ragdolling mid air, and smashing through tables and stuff. We made the game fun. It was yeah. a naff game, but like, with be- that cheat, it was brilliant. Even with that cheat, we could actually spend. Hours just in the first level, just on the, in the first room. Just like there was a jetpack mission where you're flying around like a little complex, and there's panes of glass everywhere. And if you do the the ragdoll while you're flying with the jet, you re- you retain like the speed you're going, so you just go crashing through panes of glass and stuff. And it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Oh. Never get that these days. No, no one wants no, to explore no rubbishy anything. cheats that you used to get in the old games. I was like, 
no big head modes, no yeah. DK modes. <laughs> I just remember, uh, the other thing I remember is like when we used to play, and this is kind of newer, I guess, really, well, isn't it? It's like Xbox days as well, but when we used to play Halo, and we used to have Tank Sniper, and I can remember when, uh, you know, I, was, I would play on Blood Gulch, it was one of our favourite maps, because it's when Red vs. Blue was kind of popular oh, yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Just randomly, I can remember, I'm sat on the on the sides of Blood Gulch, on the cliffs, I'm sniping people out, I'm being a bit of an asshole. And all of a sudden, I see this t- the tank drives past, and that's my little brother Bing, he's going along in the tank, Chalky's screaming at the top of his lungs, and oh my god, god he's got a tank! Chalky gets wiped out, the tank comes back past because they haven't figured out I'm on the cliff just yet, or where I am exactly on the cliff. And all of a sudden, I'm screaming at Chalky, where the fuck is Bing? Where the fuck is Bing? And I turn ever so slightly round, and at the top of this cliff, there's a tank barrel right in my face at the top of this cliff. <laughs> Bang! I was gone. And from that point on, the aim of the game was to try and get this little bastard, my little brother, from the top of this goddamn cliff in a fucking tank. He <laughs> sat there trying to snipe us with a tank. So it was nice. insane. That was, was good. that was back when games were fun, when you didn't need achievements to encourage you to do stupid yeah, well, things. Yeah, like we were saying, couch-based multiplayer, when you would just be encouraged to mess yeah. around with your mates. And, and it's all gone, because, again, unlike the arcade I mean, generation, go, they've now taken it all away. again, even further, to the Nintendo 64, when you had your split screen yeah. for, like, with Goldeneye, and I had hours of fun winding up an old friend of mine, because he was he gets so angry if he lost at a game and I wasn't particularly good at GoldenEye I'm not really a first person shooter per gamer right. but we still go back to the first person yeah. shooter yeah, yeah we still, still playing but, but I used to I used to dick around on that game so much. Like, I'd just select grenades, run through the level, throwing grenades everywhere until he gets blown up and he'd get really mad because I'd really thrown him up. multiplayer game. Run into him, keep crouching and then uncrouching and slapping him so he couldn't <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> the best one was when people were playing his odd job. Well, he was really good at Mario Kart as well. And I always, again, I sucked at racing games too. I'm not very good at those kind of games. I'd always pick Wario, drive around the, the track backwards and target him specifically <laughs> and knock him off the road. And it was, it was brilliant fun. You made your own fun with those kind of games. Yeah, you didn't have to play by the rules. That used to make me of what you were saying there when I used to play um, SX Tricky. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. that's a and good game. Because that you could shove people. With, on the, you're on the snowboard, you could, you're on a snowboarding game, you could actually shove people. Right. And whenever me and my sister used to play... I always used to, I could always time the shove perfectly, so she'd always, I used to slow her so she could start overtaking, and as soon as she'd come past me, she'd go, boof! <laughs> I could do it every single time, and occasionally she's got a fed up, she's come for revenge, I could just see her cat just like flapping his arm out, <laughs> in the hope that she might hit me, and I just sort of like very carefully, boof! And off she'd go again. Oh, <laughs> uh, I tortured her for hours like that. See, and you didn't need, well, other than the game actually having that yeah. in it, you didn't have to have the game tell no, you that. No, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, you do that like ten times, being achievement unlocked, unlocked. You know, and um, everyone's like, "Yeah, snow yeah, shovel, it. snow shovel." That's a name for an achievement for that. Brilliant. Let's, I should be a game designer. Let's move on to the next achievement. Like, oh, I hate, I hate achievements. I hate online multiplayer is fine as long as we get some co-op or some campaign. You find the pause button and pause the game. <laughs> Even <I'm not laughs> achievement. achievement. Have I told you my plan for achievements when I make my, set my game up? I've told him, I've not told you. What I'm going to have in mind for the Xbox, if I do an Xbox version, is you'll load at the menu screen, and then it'll pop up achievement unlocked, menu screen opened, and you'll get a thousand points for it, and that'll be it. One achievement for the entire game. For the menu screen, brilliant. Have you guys seen the ones on the, we've talked about it earlier, have you seen the ones for the Stanley Parable? No. Ah, the Stanley Parable has an achievement. I think this is how it goes. It's don't play the Stanley Parable for five years. 
and then play it and you get an achievement. Nice. So what leave the game. There's, there's lots of others. There's so all these other. console, be out and you won't be able to play anymore. There's all these other random achievements. That, oh, that look, yeah, it's a Steam achievement. But yeah, the achievements are all really, really weird and obscure on it, but quite funny yeah. because of it. There's some ridiculous impostures. Like if you've got Gary's mod, there's an achievement for being on the same server as Gary, the guy who made the mod. All right. You can only get if you go on hit with, and he he draw in servers randomly. So basically, unless you're just lucky, you'll never ever get that achievement. That's pretty cool. Random achievement. I like that because then that there's there's going to be people out there that are obsessed with getting every achievement in a game, and that's going to sting them so bad. What I used to like doing with Steam is you can also view achievements. You can see how people have got them. I like going down the list and seeing like what's the hard one, and I think like zero point zero one percent of people have got it because I think that's low as it will show you zero point zero one. Actually, what's also good though is you can notice what's good about actually this one because it's good about achievements is. In most games, if you want to see how... It's interesting to see how far people have got through them. You know, mm. see how many people in the world have got yeah. through them. And, of course, if you get achievements for getting boss battles, say, you can look at the achievements and see how many people have unlocked them. So, for the original Deus Ex, when I looked, you know, 70% of people got past the first one, then went to, like, 50% for the second one, then, like, 20 for the last, and then so the final one was... not like, finishing So, games. you could say, oh, 10% of people have actually completed the game. Yeah, that's oh. pretty cool. That's a nice, that's that's kind of handy. If you get achievements for actually playing the, I don't mind achievements when you play the game. I mentioned this before in another yeah. podcast, but the stupid ones that involve the fucking multiplayer mode, get rid of them. I don't want achievements for fifty headshots with a pistol. I don't want achievements for sniper kills, grenade kills, and that because you're always. And I've said it before. You're just going to have this annoying little bastard that comes into the fucking game and you'll yeah, know exactly yeah. what achievement is going for because he will use that exact gun. You'll know when it's dinged the achievement because he'll change his fucking weapon up. What about if they made it a system whereby, with achievements, say, you could only earn them a bit at a time? So say you're 50 shots of a sniper rifle. After you, say, do five in a row, that achievement's then paused until you've... I'd be got nice to find yeah, another one. Game. Yeah. So you can't do 50 shots in a row, you won't get it. The achievement's yeah. locked, locked. I would out. like it if they actually forced people to play the game as it yeah. was meant to be played, because that's what the achievements were about, weren't yeah. they? You would get it eventually over time. Team Fortress with team in the title. People aren't playing a team game if they're going around trying to get achievements themselves, are they? I think it's worse in games where, I've mentioned before, where achievements are tied to a gamer score. That's when they're worse. Yeah. Because then you've got a number you need to get. When they're just an achievement, you don't, like, build on Steam, you don't get anything for an achievement. You just get the achievement. Yeah. I think you probably find that strange. People are less concerned about, I mean, in the case of Game School, they want to get their, what they call, they call it a thousanding or something. I don't know, I'm not a console Mm. gamer. Yeah. But that's, as soon as you tie it to that, that's when people want to get the achievements. I'll tell you something that really did piss me off when achievements came out. Like, and the, the same thing happens in, in other games like MMOs and that, but they would actually judge your skill by your achievements, yeah, your gamer yeah, score. Yeah, and is... there were some people that would say, oh, yeah, well, you can't come into this group because you haven't got, you know, five, uh, you know, 50,000 achievement points or whatever. It's like, yeah. well, what well, the fuck? What, what do you want me to do? I, a friend of mine did this. I, I laughed so much about it. He rented Open Season. Do you remember that film? It was like a CGI, one of those CGI DreamWorks films that we get every year oh, yeah. about CGI animals. He, he just got the game, rented it, so we could play it to unlock the achievements. He got all the achievements on it in like five hours. Yeah. It's like you're playing a game you don't even have any interest in just yeah. to get the achievements. I know a lot of people that did that and it gets yeah. on my nerves. I don't even like it when people 
people are only encouraged to play through certain modes of the game for achievements. Yeah, so like if, if that mode in your game is not good enough to make people want to play it through anyway, then it shouldn't be fucking in the game. Because What's your opinion on achievements for playing a game in a certain style? So let's, for example, Deus Ex, there's an achievement. It's, there's two actually. There's one called Pacifist and one called Foxes of the Hounds. Right. Pacifist you get if you don't kill anyone throughout the entire game. You can stun them but can't kill them. Yeah. Fox of the Hound you get if you don't set off any alarms or get spotted, basically. What's your opinion on achievements for encouraging a play That's style? That's quite good because, in a way, that's an achievement that encourages you to play a game in a different way and it's not going to be an easy achievement to get. No. Which is what achievements, really, if we're going to go for them, should be about. They so should be that kind of works, of something. yeah. Something that you've done that has a quite a bit of effort on your part. I'll agree with you on that one to a point. But, see, this is the thing. Way back when, when we used to play games before achievements were kind of bolted onto everything, we used to do that kind of stuff anyway. We didn't need an achievement to make... We didn't need to have a little badge to make us feel good about doing it or want to do it. The only thing I suppose about it is that it's, it's... if you play through a game you want to know you haven't learned anybody at the end of it it's nice to say it's oh, nice to know but I definitely didn't learn anybody because I've got the achievement Metal Gear did, did it quite well didn't it because in Metal Gear Solid you got a rank you get uh, an animal didn't you based on how you played the game and how many people you killed yeah. how quickly you've done the game no depending on what you did you, look I, don't, I used to like it when you say to get a score at the end and say look you alerted XYZ amount of enemies you killed so many people you, you did this you did that if they're going to score you on something, just give me a fucking score at the end. Don't give me a fucking achievement for it. There's no need. I hate achievements for the I'm passion. I'm just now imagining some achievement nut trying to get this Gary's mod achievement by going to Gary's house with a gun and be like, right, <laughs> and you're going to play the game with me. Start the server. Start the server. <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me if it now actually happens. Keep an eye on the news. Yep, that'll be in the weird news next month. Don't blame <laughs> me, guys. Don't blame me. <laughs> no. It depends when it's you goes round. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just so you can say you got the yeah, I got the Gary's mod achievement. Maybe no. they could create a new one then, hold Gary at gunpoint to get the Gary mod achievement. <laughs> yeah, that'll be added in next time. <laughs> or it'll be every, right, the next the a hundred percent for the achievements, he'll add it in later. So when it's patched, it'll be don't hold you Gary. You better at hope gunpoint. you don't add a headshot so, achievement, yeah. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. No, we tell there's one could like murder Gary uh, because then only one person can ever get that achievement. No, I'd make I would make sure it would be like so. He's just been held up at gunpoint to get the you know play on the same server as you know Gary. Oh God, famous Garys right. would be running for their lives, wouldn't they? <laughs> so you've got him pinned at gunpoint so you can get this achievement. The next patch comes out, it's you know you've never held Gary at gunpoint to get the to get the full achievements list. But because no. you've already done it, you will now no longer have the full achievements list. Oh it's like, no. I would say that's just great. Has there ever been a game that's actually done that where once you've got an achievement, you can never get another achievement? That would actually be brilliant. I think there might have been, you know. I think there might have been games where you've got counter achievements. But, yeah, but then again, on one playthrough, you wouldn't be able to get them. Yeah. But then that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. A game where basically you could only get half the achievements because once you've done it, you've, you, <laughs> it's, you've never done this, therefore yeah. you can't get it. You've done You've got the achievement, therefore clearly you've done it. Yeah. If oh. every game did that, I wouldn't mind. I'll just scribble that down for my There'd notes. be a lot of OCD people getting very upset. But... Yep. Yeah. And I would laugh. I'll just promise to patch it out in a few years. Time. In a few years, and then, you know, you'll be in your 50s. Yeah, I said a few years. I didn't say how many is a few. Now, on your funeral, it'll be like, I've got this button here, you know, it's programmed, so if I press this button, 
My PC, I'll just do oh, the patch no. will be released. Oh, no, I'll do a Kickstarter for it. <laughs> uh, once I raise ten million pounds on Kickstarter, then I'll patch it out. And I'll be like, no. that's my time and effort to write the patch. <laughs> That'd be absolutely. And it turns out, it's like a couple of kilobyte patch. Yeah. yeah. And you make sure that if anyone does try to like hack it to patch it, like to patch the problem out, you make sure it's format C. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> if too. it's not the official patch, just fucking wipe their drive. Gary, if somebody does make an attempt on your life, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't us. We didn't have. We didn't advocate murdering somebody. We've never done. Actually, we have done the podcast before. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're only like four and a half. Five episodes in. Yeah. Amazing. We're just waiting for us to get shut down, really, to be fair. The black van ain't there this week. No, it isn't. I think you've got fair. You knew I was coming, so you just didn't bother parking there. <laughs> They're just going to listen to the podcast, and we're yeah. going to be held at gunpoint yeah. later. Exactly. We're, we're incriminating ourselves. We don't need <laughs> them to be listening into us. We're doing it for them. They were like, what's the point? In, like, where's the surveillance team? We don't need them. They're releasing the podcast. We'll listen to it. We'll have a laugh. We'll knock on the door later. Yeah. <laughs> um. Get our subscriber numbers up, guys. Come on. Got, yeah, we want numbers. We've gone down. We want to go up again. Which <laughs> yeah. was all subscribers now, even me or somebody else we know. Now, the subscribers are all from Norfolk. We're seriously offended that we're That's seriously why offended we the Chinese, five. the Americans, people from Essex, Norfolk. Perhaps you're really big in China. That's why we've all lost all our subscribers. God damn, we're so big that we lost like about four people. Yeah. <laughs> I want to think that we're really big in North Korea. Kim Il Sung logging in regularly to this and like. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Oh, dear leader. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on quickly. Moving on quickly. Uh, we don't want oh to piss God, off the North Koreans. We've offended, we we've offended we really, everyone. We really already. don't want to anger the North Koreans. No. Too late. <laughs> yeah. They actually do kidnap people. They kid they kidnap that um he wants to make a film about himself, so he kidnapped a director from uh South Korea to make a film about him. Oops. Yeah. Didn't are they uh, I hear that Kim Jong il invited the guys, the South Park guys, when they did Team America, made the puppet of him, invited him. To or them to his palace, really? And Did they, they, go? they went. So I hear. I don't know whether there's any truth. Is that my South Park stop? And uh, <laughs> and no, he told them he liked it. He thought it was really funny. So you always need to see the translated version. Yeah, so warm me. <laughs> by 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 saying he liked it, he was probably saying, you know, I'm inviting you here. There's a bit of a threatening <laughs> edge there, yeah, but you know, but they didn't have to go. They didn't. No, they didn't. But for the lols, they did. Yeah. It's it'd been different if I say someone knocked on their door from North Korea saying, you are at Hell of Guns and you have been invited. We'd like to come. Then the achievement things. Yeah. Achievement on Lord, threatened by North Korea. Wow. We better get that soon. Wait, no. Yeah, it might do. They might nuke us. Seriously, if I get, like, seriously, Mushroom Cloud and I get that achievement ding, then I'd like to be happy. If I can have that as a life Pass achievement. The, yeah, yeah, life, that's it. We need achievements in life. That's, maybe you, that's why. Are, are we basically going for everyone around the world, everybody around the world hates you, achievement unlocked? You, know? that'd yeah, that'd you have offended every single country on We've pretty much. We've done game there. Yeah, we've had a pretty good run. There's four or five episodes there's in. 216 countries. You've got that little achievement line time thing where yeah. you can see what, what you, how far you are to progress bar for your achievement. We're getting there. We're 216 countries in the world. We must be at least 10 of them by now. At so we're 5% of the way there. Once we've done that, it's like how many places in the universe can you... Uh, I think we have offended most people outside of the planet. Most people. I was on thinking of that's Martians okay, picking though. up the no, That's okay because things are several years before it reaches Mars yet. We're safe <laughs> for at least now four or five years. We're good. We're safe. Right, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Stuff we're looking forward to. Who's next? Who wants to go next on this one? 
Mm. There's not really anything I'm looking forward to, to be honest. I'm, you... a, I'm a bit of a cynical gamer, really. Well, but did I did mention... forget to mention a game that I have been playing recently, which okay. I've been playing a long time now. It's not been out here long, but I imported it and got the American version, and that is Dragon's Crown, yep. which is controversy the pinnacle of games for me. I've been looking forward to this game now for ages, and the minute I bought it, first started playing it, I fell in love with it. It is what I've wanted from gaming... For years, it was supposed to come out on the Dreamcast. It was, it, yeah. Right? It, it, it's it's been in the works for a long time. Basically, George Kamatani, the guy behind Vanillaware, who released Muramasa: The Demon Blade on the, the Wii, Wii and and some other few lesser known titles, he worked on the original Dungeons and Dragons arcade games by Capcom, which anyone who will have played them will know that they're scroll and beat 'em ups with a little bit of a role play twist in that you can level up. You can take different routes through the game, uh, you play as different classes, that kind of thing. George Kamatani basically wanted to make a game like that because he really liked... He's into games. He's one of those rare... Awesome developers that makes games because he loves them and is passionate about them. Yeah, the developer that would actually make a game that he himself enjoys or she enjoys. Yeah, he he basically wanted to make a game like Dungeons & Dragons that Capcom had him make or that he worked on. But he wanted to make it more in-depth, and he has spent years on this game. And he's he ran into controversy over here because the characters are very exaggerated and over-the-top. And the big thing that went down over here is one of the main characters is a sorceress, and she has a gigantic rack. Yeah. And oh, right. feminists got very, very angry over this and, and saying, oh, it's misrepresentation of women, like, like almost suggesting there aren't women in the world who have giant racks, forgetting mm. those people entirely. For also missing the fact that every character in all of Kamatani's games is exaggerated. His dudes are big and muscular, pretty faces. Everybody looks beautiful and yeah, amazing. We had that discussion before, didn't we? Then everyone was going absolutely nuts over the sorceress and the Amazon. Yeah, because, and know, Kamatani they're... received quite a bit of hate for it, and it was unjustified. Yeah, I thought it was bollocks um, because no one complained that the dude characters were like, yeah, seriously, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the warrior in it is like. Looks, he's shaped like Conan, but he's got a really pretty face. Mm. And then your dwarf, like I said earlier, the, the dwarf's arm is about the size of me. Like <laughs> I, I wouldn't fit on the dwarf's arm. He's no, that one gave a, no one gave a crap about they any of that. But no. as soon as they see a character with massive tits, it was like, oh man, look, I don't really know if this is my kind of game. The game I mean, is is like it's not meant to be taken seriously, yeah. and it does parody sort of old older games. And I mean, there's a Monty Python parody in there, which is amazing to play a Japanese game and then find a Monty Python um, would be pretty cool. piece in it. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. But I have to rate it as one of my top games of all time, mm. because it takes the scroll and beat up genre, which has always been a favourite of mine. It's near dead these days. Yeah, well, I mean, in this market, it doesn't really have a place to thrive, because they're simplistic games. They're arcade games, essentially. You want to just play through them with a mate or two and when you're done you're done in like 10 minutes you, you yeah. finish the game or in like an Dragon's hour Crown even. Takes an absolute... but Dragon's Crown you can revisit levels you level up you gain new weapons new items new skills and because of the replayability factor you want to revisit the levels you want to play through it again it's got a hint of Diablo to it in a sense in that when you go through it on harder difficulties the enemies change yeah. so you get like you're fighting lizard men to begin but to begin with on normal difficulty those lizard men then you get lizard chiefs in the next level with bigger dudes with bigger spears the orcs get bigger and you fight all all newer versions of the enemies and some of the older ones and the bosses then get changed up a little bit it's just a very very good game with a lot of 
passion and effort put into it. So I like how you, how you said good developer, because I did hear, I mean, you were pretty pissed about it. There was an update that brought in kind yeah. of new barrows. Yeah, he brought new barrows in, which basically, because the game gets really hectic, and that it's, it's all hand-drawn, a lot of it, and the artwork is spectacular, but because of that, a lot can happen on screen. So the the magician class, the sorceress and the uh, and the wizard, they can cast spells that can clear the screen of enemies. And one of them is like a big tornado and it obscures your view. So you can't really see a lot of what's going on. But, you know, it only lasts for a few seconds. But, you know, as you do, you get your casual gamers. Oh, I can't see what's going on in the game. Yeah. Put something in to make it easier. So they added in these arrows under your characters so you can see where you're going. But they're neon arrows. Yeah, and not, not the good kind of neon. No, <laughs> no, not 80s neon. Yeah, they're not 80s neon. Are we they're, talking like cheap kind of vodka bar They're now? very, very, very yeah. colourful. And on because like, I play it on the Vita, so on the OLED screen of the Vita, they're very striking. Mm. And they they put me off the beautiful artwork of the game. So I was really not so you happy. Were the arrows were doing their job. You knew where everything yeah, was. Yeah, just, yeah. You were being pulled out of the game. But there were already arrows in the game that show you where you are. They're just smaller, so you can see where you are. It's not difficult. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of people complained, and Kamatani, to his credit, said fine, took them out, updated the game to make add crossplay, so you can now play the Vita version with, the with PS3 version, players, which I thought was definitely and vice versa, which is fantastic. But yeah, that, that again shows him being a positive developer. He listened to fa- to genuine fan complaints because he knows who his fans are, and said, okay, I'll, I'll change that. But yeah, you've got these people that don't even play his bloody games, and they're wanting to change the game to suit. Yeah. Well, not even their gaming needs, their social needs. So, well, you know, you've got games that cater towards what you like. Why the hell are you pissing yeah, on everybody is... else's parade? I mean, I mean we wouldn't turn to. Oh, I have said some. Stop making Call of Duty because it's pissing me the fuck off. You know, I mean, at I the wouldn't... end of the day, someone wants to play yeah, it, so I'm, make them the game. I'm that they quite want happy to play. for Call of Duty to be made, so long as everybody else is getting represented. But because so many of these big companies see the money in games like Call of Duty. They try and change their own games that have nothing to do with Call of Duty. Capcom, Resident Evil. Yeah. What was the the big thing that I had with Legacy of Kane? A single-player, story-driven game being changed into an arena shooter for the sake of capturing the Call of Duty audience. It just doesn't make sense. You're not appealing to any of your fan base. Arena shooter is more... um, Yeah, we're not... Well, we're, we're sort of... Talking team-based, modern okay. team-based shooter yeah, games, nah. yeah. Highly right. scripted. You know, you're yeah. basically you're you're basically just walking around with a gun. Well, we all know how much uh, we love scripting. Oh, we love scripting. You know, you you don't really actually get involved that much in the game. Really, you mm. just sort of. It's kind of like the heavy rain of. Uh, <laughs> that was just like a big old movie. Yeah, but it was meant to be. Well, wasn't it? Yeah, but I fucking hate stuff like that. Sure, it's beautiful, great, whatever. Just let me play a game. I want to play yeah, a game. I don't I want mean, to experience Again, I like point-and-click games, but point-and-click games, a lot of them have like the humorous edge, don't they? Which mm. is what keeps them going, mm. where Heavy Rain was, took itself very seriously. But no, actually, that's not really fair, because yeah. saying that, Blade Runner is a point-and-click game, and that's fantastic, a very good game. But Heavy Rain, I don't know... Something about Maybe it. Maybe they just... tried a little too hard. You see, I wouldn't mind that sort. Of, I don't mind a game. If, if I know I'm going into it, a game's going to be like that. It's going to be quite... It's, it's aimed to be quite cinematic and stuff. I don't know, mind it, mind it. But when it's games say pretend to be something else, like it's pretending yeah. to be a first-person shooter, but it's not. It yeah. really isn't. Like what they did with Resident Evil again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You imagine if it was like a, an RTS game where you... Can only control units, but but only but it's all scripted around you. What you do is not actually really much the main strategy, apart from what you can only do. 
that's why I know. But if I know the game's meant to be that sort of experience, I quite enjoy. I mean, The Walking Dead, good example. That's fairly heavily. It's you're basically interacting with a with a TV series, not so much a film, but like a TV series in a way. Very heavily scripted, but you go into it knowing that, and it's enjoyable. If it's yeah. that, if it's your kind of game, sure. I mean, all right, Heavy Rain wasn't as bad as what was the new game they did. By the same guy that did yeah. Heavy Rain. Beyond Two Souls? That might have been the one, yeah. And, oh my god. So basically, everything they did right in Heavy Rain, they took it out. Right. And See, a friend of mine compared Beyond Two Souls to Shenmue, and I went no. a bit ballistic at this, because I love Shenmue. So no, this game is it's, nothing, it's nothing like, like Shenmue. Shenmue. It really isn't. Shenmue actually had a bit... Although it was quite... It was very cinematic, but yeah. it, it had... It was driven, but you ha- you could go and, around yeah, and fuck Every about. day you did your own thing, didn't you? You went, yeah. and if you want to go to the little capsule thing, and like I did, collect all the little capsule toys, yeah. you could do that. Go down the do, arcade. You weren't fixed in what you had to do. You could you could basically unravel the story at your own pace. It was essentially a game with a story, whereas these seem to be more stories that you have to follow, and you can't divulge from them any... like Go away from them for any the like, amount of time. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, with Shenmue, you could do the story in your own time. If you can't do it in your own time, where does the game start? Yeah. If you're forced into following this plot, yeah. but nothing else actually really happens. Because that's kind of like what they started doing with Final Fantasy, wasn't it? You, you were given a path, and it was literally like, you know, Final Corridor. Yeah, Final yeah. Final Fantasy. It was just a massive line. I think it, apparently... The, I don't know, because my wife played Final Fantasy XIII, and she reckoned that Final Fantasy XIII was about 20 hours before she could actually choose who was in her party. Oh, God. And by that, yeah, by that point, I was like, I ain't playing it. To be fair, I mean, if you go back to Final Fantasy IV, you couldn't choose who was in your party until the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. But that was, again, because the game... It did follow a story. You could move away from it to a degree, but it kind of works there because of the fact of the way the story flowed and mm-hmm. the way the gameplay integrated into that. Yeah. You know, you saw Final Fantasy game ever have any experience with was Final Fantasy X. Uh, oh, okay. And because my sister played that one, but I always thought that looked quite linear myself, to be honest. Yeah, I was 10, was 10 is linear compared to the of... others. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of 10 personally. I know people who do like it, but it didn't do much for me. Like we were saying earlier, 9. Yeah, nine, 9, it can, it kind of came back to the original Final Fantasy. And 9 formula. had a lot of. It was You could go to a lot of different places, there was a lot to do. Whereas, yeah, 10, you were a bit restricted in what you 10 was do. the beaten path of, we, of Final Fantasy. We do have a problem with that when that we got to, we just got to the end and she realised that she hadn't really been using the, the sphere grid, didn't they? Yeah, that sphere system, which looks I still don't awful understand to me. Yeah, and she realised she hadn't really been doing her couch properly and she couldn't actually do the final boss. Oh. It was actually impossible for her to do the way characters couldn't physically do enough damage. So in the end, we had to use a, um, what was it called, a game shark? It was called a action replay. Oh, yeah. We had to use one of those to get past it. To get the, the we... irony there being that, that the sphere system is too open and the game itself is too linear. So yeah. you're getting kind of lost in, well, the part of the game that shouldn't be the engaging part. Yeah. The trouble was, basically, because it was so open, you'd go anywhere, what she ended up doing was basically making a bear all her characters were just ridiculously overbalanced. Yeah. Rather than focusing them all on one thing, they're just balanced in every direction. Yeah. So they never always focus on anything. Me and Luke were talking about this earlier. One of the things I don't like in Final Fantasy games that other people do, and, yeah. you know, to, to each his own, was that 
some of the later Final Fantasy games are very open because of the job system that came about in Final so that'd Fantasy. Be seven, where, seven, yeah. eight, nine. And, or you seven had, and, eight, and five had it. And I think the first game actually. No, had, no the, the first, first game, one you had to pick, pick classes, classes, so yeah. I think it came into it in five. You basically had the job system where your character could change class depending on what you wanted them to be. And I don't like it because one thing I liked about the characters themselves having a specific role. It's built into the character. It so is the character themselves. That is part of the character. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it did make the game more fun since you were working on that specific thing. Whereas if it's a bit too open there, mm-hmm. you do have the ability to get lost, don't you? Which the Sphere Grid kind of shows. See, I, with the games, because I, I was one of the people that preferred it when we pulled up, at least in the newer Final Fantasies, when we pulled away from single character class uh, yeah. kind of deals... Because a lot of the characters in the newer games, so seven, eight, nine, are annoying as hell. And if I could boot their asses out of my party, brilliant. Yeah. And it it was kind of done well in those games because the story would slightly change in certain scenarios based on who for you me had in, in your eight, party. especially because I didn't like any of the characters in eight. I'd have kicked them all out. Yeah. I'd have played as Laguna and just gone through the game as him because he was yeah. fun at least. But, uh. but that's, when it came to. See, because having the job system and having it changeable was one of the things that was really good about Final Fantasy XI and Final Fantasy XIV. With it being an MMO, you don't have to have a ton of alts to play all the different classes. You can have one character change a class. But when you pick the class and you are playing as that class, for the most part, you are that class. Yeah. You can kind of mix and match here and there, but your skills aren't going to be as good if you were to be dedicated in one in one thing. But... Fuck Final Fantasy, the corridor of fucking doom. I hate that game so much. Why won't Square Enix just admit that they want to make films? Square now? Enix don't make games anymore, do they? Let's be fair. They're just fucking. They are just. Oh god, I can't. I mean, their films wouldn't even be very good films. Nope. No. No. There we go. We're just going to trail it off completely. Yeah. How much we hate fucking the depression that has been caused by Square Enix. Thank you, Square Enix, for. But everyone keeps doing it. Yeah. They keep changing the formula because they want to make more money and we do, we're not all about graphics. Yeah. We it's, used to explore with no encouragement back then. Probably it's going to actually kind of scuffle them because now I'm, I'm actually about to contradict my own point now. With the rise <laughs> of how easy it is to make games now, you're getting more and more indie devs out there who are now able to make the games that we used to know and yeah. love. Yeah. And they're starting to get popular. And what's, what will happen is all the indie devs will start doing these very open games, you know, all basically how they used to be. And what you'll see is when they start becoming popular, you will see all the main folks will suddenly go, oh crap. In a way there, though, you might be strengthening your own point, because if then, because like, like you were saying about indie games, you weren't necessarily saying all indie games, just certain indie games yeah. were bad and others were potentially quite good. In which case, what we can hope is that the good games are going to float more because people are going to be more interested, yeah. which will show that people want to play the sort of those sort of games. Yeah. Rather we just don't than want being... there to be a stigma of yeah. the indie movement caused by all the yeah. shit games. The, the thing is, the, yeah. the thing I don't like about the indie movement, and I potentially upset people here, but who cares, is that the the more famous indie devs are bad. I don't like Phil Fish for one. Everybody knows Fez. this. Fez is overrated. Yeah. Phil Fish himself is an I just don't like the guy. I don't, I don't like ballet. the way he is towards fans of his game or towards other people. That what he said to that Japanese developer at that convention was mm. totally out of order. Because we're highlighting people like that to be the the main faces of yeah, the indie genre, the 
it's not good. Whereas like, you've got the dude that made Hotline Miami. He seems to be a really cool guy from what I've seen of him. Yeah. And he makes games for people who want to play his games. Doesn't really But dumb in the down case up. of, say, Phil Fish, though, you say he's pushed the front. Is he only seems to be pushed the front because he's made those comments, so his name's got found? It's possible, yeah. That, I would say, is more likely. Not that there's, because there's, no, there's no one entity out there saying... We're going to pick these people as our yeah. indie devs. There's no one entity out there, and you're not all. I mean, you've got Notch, haven't you, Minecraft dev? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I see. All I right, don't... chap. His name is engraved on the side of the U. Yeah, and now he does. Yeah, he was a big support. Well, he was a big supporter of the U. I think he's actually number one. One second. Yeah, Notch. He's uh, he was one of the top backers of the U. Yeah, Notch on the U. Yeah, and that. Haha, uh-huh. uh-huh. and then and then he just went and said, "Well, yeah, I I don't really like Minecraft." But he basically said himself, "I don't like the idea of playing Minecraft on a big screen telly that's on the Android platform." So, like, well, fucking, why have you got Minecraft on the Xbox then? Yeah, we're going kind of going back to Phil Fisher and what he said about I I don't like PC gaming or no, or Fez was made for consoles. Why would you alienate? A, what could potentially make you money and so get your game seen? Why do you? If I was making a game. I'd be happy for anyone to play it. I wouldn't yep. care what they're playing because, it like, on, the... so long as they're enjoying it. Can I just throw out the... So I shoot uh, Thornier Game, Pear Solar, earlier on, which is a, yes, a, a yes. game that was made in 2010... I was thoroughly impressed with, I might ...for add. the Sega Mega Drive. In 2010, this game was made. It's an RPG. How about me, Sega Mega Drive's round players? But tons, absolutely tons. But they've, they recently did a Kickstarter to make Pear Solar HD, so they're doing an HD remake for Android... So it's going to be on the Uya. Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Wii U. It's going to be on PC as well, I believe. I was going to say, is there and, PC? Um, the yeah, moment? they're putting it on everything they can. That's the positive way to go about it, isn't it? You want to get yeah. your product seen. They actually apologised yeah. to Xbox fans because they said, look, I know a lot of you guys have backed the Xbox version. You want it on the Xbox, but Microsoft aren't interested in talking to us. Yeah, you know we've uh, yeah. we've been back. We've got the money. They know we've got the money, but they won't. Potentially, yeah. if you're trying to sell something, that's why you need to be. You need to be humble. You need to be appealing to people, which seems to be something that's missing with like the way Square Enix, Capcom, and people like Phil Fish now treat fans of their work. They've been disconnected from. Them. They have absolutely. They're yeah, just worried about the money rather than how we actually. Or they think to themselves that basically they are so big they can't fail. But yeah. Now look, that then goes on to a discussion we had earlier about Capcom. Yeah. They think they're so big they can't fail. They and they're now they're, about to sink. Yeah. yeah. You put out there any... Oh, well, let's turn Resident Evil to a cover-based shooter. Yeah. And, and the survival horror guys just... They didn't. That's not what they wanted for no. their series, and so people started boycotting yeah. their games. One of the main guys, you know, the like, like father I said of Mega to you Man. Before, Capcom was my favourite company when I was a kid. Capcom and SNK were my two big, two big companies yeah. I'd go to, and I boycotted Capcom myself. I don't buy anything with Capcom's name on it now mm-hmm. because they've just done too much to yeah. pretty much offend me as a as a player of their games. What these becomes have forgotten, in a way, is they've forgotten what the internet is like. And they've forgotten that in the days past, you know, you go back even five years, if you were a big like that, you could get away of doing that sort of thing because people would go out there and they'd say, oh, there's a new Resident Evil, I'll buy that. Yep. The internet wasn't so pervasive. We, yep. I mean, not compared, you think five years ago, I know YouTube and stuff was around, but it wasn't quite as pervasive. Let's say go back ten years. A lot of people didn't have it. They'd go and say, oh, the new Resident Evil game, I'll buy that. And you'd still make money because people didn't realise 
your game is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And you get away with doing stuff, but now you can't get away with it because more people switched on, more people are involved with you know forums, discussion groups, and it picks up more. It's I mean, hard near to enough get the away second with. that a game comes out, you've got average Joe making a video about it to talk yeah. about. Which, what in a way, is it. is a good departure from the retro scene because as much as I love retro gaming. You were really taking a chance when you bought a game back in the day. If you were We've in the Mega Drive well. era yeah. of gaming, you'd spend 40 quid, like, that looks like a cool game. you take it home and you've had yeah. the potential to be disappointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when the Or the opposite, was. you might get a hidden gem that you weren't expecting. But yeah. that was actually, I have to quickly throw that out there as well. That was actually one of the other things about the retro era. If a game was made and it was shit, it would spread that your game was shit and no one would buy it. Yeah. If a game was if a game was released and it wasn't finished, that was it. You were fucked because you yeah. couldn't patch it. Whereas now they make it their business to Except release unfinished on, games. Like the old Amiga system. I remember a lot of games used to come out unfinished then, didn't they? Mm. And then they patched them and release a, a patch disc with sometimes with magazines even. Well, yeah, but you could still. I mean, you still had. Companies saying, "Look, hey, if you send back your cartridge, we will give you a new there cartridge is, with the fix actually, on it." But yeah. look it up, like Google it. There are is a list somewhere of games that are unfinished or games that are made. There's points that are physically impossible for you to do, so that you can't reach the end of the game because it's not finished. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. But it's not a... quite as it's not quite as bad as say now when you're coming to it's getting to the point where the game is kind of nearly finished. It's yeah. Right, deadlines are coming. The game ain't fucking finished. We need to find out a way to make as much money as fucking possible. They'll like, strip bits out, they'll release it unfinished, they'll maybe patch it later Which or whatever. I remember was Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. It was forced yeah. out unfinished. A fantastic game, and with mods, can be made to work perfectly, yeah. but was chucked out unfinished and buggy as hell. I have a certain degree of sympathy for developers in this regard, because ultimately a developer is... Most of those are beholden to their publisher. Yeah. And if, because I mean, ultimately, when you're developing a game, you're not got any money for a publisher to come to you. If I come to you, Luke, and said, I'm going to give you five million pounds, five, 50 million pounds now to make your game, but I need it released in two years' time. You might come to me and say, I need a bit more, I'll give you another month. But eventually, I'm going to say to you, no, you need to release it. Otherwise. Yeah. And exactly. we've actually seen that in the past where, you know, they've pulled funding from stuff and it's just had to yeah. go as it is. Exactly. So, I do have a sense of when a bad game comes out and it is bad, I often, I sometimes think it's part of developers, but you yeah. have to have some sympathy because they probably were forced to put it Especially out there. Especially if, like, ready. it had the potential to be good and you know the developers are developers that are making a game they yeah. want to make. I mean, going back to Kamatani, it's a problem he doesn't have because he owns Vanillaware, so he can release his yeah. games as yeah, and when. This is another advantage that some ways indie games have. Although they obviously have money, a lot of them potentially could, you know, a lot of these indie developers are working themselves for full time or maybe working other jobs for themselves, so they can afford to wait till it's ready to release a game. Yeah. Some can't. Some, you know, they've, they, they're living off their, that is their living, and in which case they have to release it. Mm-hmm. But as a double short, if you release a bad game. But these days, yeah. I mean, way back when, you couldn't get away with releasing a game. I mean, if it was buggy and fucked, it will go down in history as a game that was just pure shit. Yeah. And there have been many games, you know, like Shaq Fu and stuff like of that. They, they just were not supposed to come out <laughs> like that. They were just like, oh yeah, there it is. E.T. for the Atari 2600. Oh, very divided as Yeah. Fucking <laughs> like not. 
actually... It, I mean, the dude, ru- it was rushed. He admits it, you know. The programmer said, yeah, he um, basically said... Yeah, like, he, what, five weeks? One programmer had to program the entire game by himself yeah. and do all the graphics, do everything like that, and what can you do when you're by yourself and you've got five weeks to program what do you, If a game VT came out today, it'd probably be a first-person shooter. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But then... VT when you phones home. Come, like, to call in reinforcements. <laughs> actually... You should be walking around with a red finger in front actually, of you. Actually... That was the sequel to E.T. There was going to be a sequel to E.T. where, one of the drafts, but basically E.T. was like, the rest of his race were going to try and invade Earth. That would be oh, so... That would be humorous, wouldn't it? That would be a wow. lovely... Can you imagine all the people taking all their little kids, they've just seen their lovely E.T. films, all lovely and nice and lovey-dovey. Let's go see the sequel, and basically it's aliens. I didn't find E.T. lovely. He was a creepy little bug. I found him creepy <laughs> as well. Oh, my God. Creepy little animatronic weirdo. But still, so... We've just kind of said, you know, games back then, you couldn't really release shit. If you did, you'd you'd, you'd have a fucking massive black mark on you saying you would, that yeah. game was absolutely shit. These days, I get it. You know, some of the publishers are going to like say, come on, bitch, you release that game now. But yeah. a lot of the times, they do it. They're just like, okay, yeah, whatever, they'll buy that. We'll patch it later. Uh, yeah. We'll do it later. Shouldn't happen. No. It's whenever the publishers have got too much... Not publishers, uh, yeah, it is publishers. They've got, yeah, they've too, got much too much control much. over it. And they'll go in and say, we want we want the game... We like the game you've developed, however, Gears of War is popular at the moment. Let's give it a few years. Gears of War, we want it to be more like that. Or we want it to be more like Call of Duty, because that's what sells. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, in a way, the publishers, they're the ones paying for it. They need to make their money back. They're the ones paying for They want their money back. So they have semi a right to say that. Yeah. But you don't want to destroy IPs over stuff no. like that because yeah. that could destroy a company. I mean, I can it understand if it's something maybe that is really niche. But then again, it's not fair to the people that would play it because those people... Yeah, we've, again, had, we've said that everyone has yeah. the right to have a game published that... But then again, there's a lot... Of, again, with Capcom, their games had a, a big fan base. They were, they were semi-mainstream games, yet they've gone back and changed their games to kind of... Not really a piece of fan base that is already there, yeah. so they're missing they're great kind of moved opportunity away, there. Looking for new people, completely ignoring the people who made them. And their fan base has, has been built up over years, and it's massive. So to do that seems it's only really been like the last really... ten years, hasn't it? They've decided so. Yeah, yeah, it's a really silly decision. Yeah. It's obviously somebody at the top of who's got to the top of Capcom. Who possibly doesn't really understand the market in a way? He understands. He doesn't understand what his core game market is. His fans. Mm. He just looks to the mainstream. I mean, look at Nintendo. I mean, we've we've talked about this a lot with yeah. Nintendo. For this next generation, and I'm going to rage just quickly about this again. Look, right. Someone just right. Definition of generation. Someone, please. Oh, I tend to go by hardware normally. Right, but what would be so? If I release a system, here's system A. Right. System B is exactly the same specs, but it's got, say, waggle controls and all that kind of shit. Would you say that that is the next generation well, of no, systems? No, the generation is the, is the, the systems that are out of time, I would say, even if they are. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's the next generation. You know, my but, children are. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it has nothing to do with whether they're faster than me, stronger than me, or whatever. It's They are. The no, we'd be going into you know. gaming eugenics then. Yeah, which would be, uh, but this is, I'm afraid <laughs> to I don't know what's going to happen amongst gamers. <laughs> this is what happens with fucking gamers, and I am absolutely fucking sick of it. 
coming to me and saying, no, that is not next gen. Because, like, the Wii was just an overclocked GameCube. Yeah. Right? The Wii, you were like, oh, yeah, but that's only as powerful as a PlayStation 3. That's not next gen. It's like, well, you clearly don't understand what the definition of the generation fucking is. The potentially the biggest console of its time. It exactly. sold more than but any of the other two consoles. When they're like, oh, yeah, but the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 are coming out now, which we'll talk about fucking later. <sighs> It's not next gen, man. It's not as powerful as them. It's like it's got nothing to do with how fucking powerful the system is, you worthless little bastards. Go back and crawl into your mother's womb. <sighs> yeah. Just Sorry. quickly, sort of talk things like Capcom and so forth. Do you think part of the cause of this, I know it's always generally been the case consoles and so forth, but because you have to pay. You know, you have to pay a license to get on the console. You have to pay money to get your name on the console and into the console. Why would you make a niche game? Because you need to get that money back. Yeah. Do you mm. think that's partly because of blame towards of this? Uh, possibly, yeah. But you have to think for companies as big as Capcom. Yeah, well, they're Capcom already is there, isn't it? You know, they were already there. But we don't know quite how Microsoft charge them, do we? We don't really know quite what how Microsoft. I mean, do are they based on? Is no, it one soft fee license? Or but still, it's... why why go and punch your fan base in the dick? If you're if you're going to make a game with their favorite IP, Didn't don't Nintendo recently admit that they made this mistake when they targeted casual gamers with the Wii, which was they. They potentially alienated their original, to begin with at least, with the Wii, mm. alienated their original fan base by targeting kid, really young kids and grannies and stuff. But and Nintendo going, Here we have are. always been. Here's Wii Fit. But then I think they went back recently, or somebody said something along the lines of, don't quote me on this, but mm. that they were going back with the Wii U to try and then yeah, get they, their they original audience have, back. They did want to make it a little bit more grown up because that was one of the main complaints that. Well, that was one of the main things that fantards would kind of throw at Nintendo fans. Like, oh, well, that's a fucking faggoty kids console. So, but what does it matter? It's got the games on it that they want to play. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. platform they want. So it's not the one not that you want to play. Not all games have to be Brian, Brian Bloom. Yeah, they don't have to be generic shooters with no, you. Know, gruesome no. shooters, yeah. But, but again, if that's all games you enjoy, yeah, you're, not absolutely. Gonna, you're not going to buy a Wii. I mean, yeah. I, we've got a Wii, but I never play anything on because there's nothing on it really appeals but to you. No. But you're not going to go and say to someone, well, look, if, say, for example, I did like waggle controls and stuff, you're not going to then say to me, well, no. fucking don't buy a Wii. If it's got what I want on it. Yeah, you're going to get it. Then, yeah. you know, why yeah. why take the piss out of me for wanting to play on a, a system that maybe you don't? In fairness, though, we do rip into console games. Oh, well, I was going to say, well, when we, we were growing up, it was well, SNES versus Mega Drive and all that. Yeah, we, stuff, well, we had it? console wars, but I mean, as we said earlier. Yeah, we, we never really got involved. I mean, my friend had a SNES. I'd go around his place and play his SNES, and he'd come around on my own and play the Mega Drive. And exactly, that was how so, it worked. Yeah. But I've, now, yeah. it's a little extreme. Yeah. And they are a lot younger kids who are well, Most really of the had. console wars I actually remember starting was the PlayStation and the N64. There was a big one there. That was a big divide mm. because they were so potentially different whereas the, the Mega Drive and the SNES were similar I remember the Mega Drive being a bit more kind of edgy the PlayStation was a very much more grown up edgy console whereas the 64 kind of aimed itself more at younger gamers but did potentially attract yeah. another yeah. crowd as well I just think that it's this generation of gamers they're not quite plugged in up top Really, they they grew up on Xbox 360 or well, they're not grown up on Xbox 360, but you know they got PlayStation Twos 
or well, some know, of them have. I saw a little picture of the screen cap on Google or something the other day that said, "Share this if you nostalgia over this," and it's a picture of the first Xbox, uh, like main screen. Yeah. And I'm just like the dashboard. And I was like, well, you know, if you're nostalgic over that, you must be quite young. Yeah, because well, yeah. that's not exactly that's not exactly re- well, it's kind of retro, I guess, but it's not. But for a generation of people, that is there. It is, uh, yeah, yeah. Is there you retro. can't knock him for that. that oh, no, no. That's not their fault for no. being born late. No. no, but it's the fact that. But it's the fact now, that st- they've got to be quite young. It's hard to say nostalgia when it wasn't really that long there, ago, was it? It's kind of Xbox, Xbox, PlayStation 2, when it got online, up to PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, that really is, in my opinion, crushing everything that I love about. Gaming. I used yeah. to be able to hang out with my friends and play games. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was about the N64 and all that. I used to be able to go down arcades. As soon as we got online gaming with these little fucking 13 year old squeakers th- running around. I think the worst invention in the world was making online gaming mainstream. Mm. Yes, consoles. yeah. That I think has been the biggest setback for game development because so many games now are, it used to be single player first. Yep. And then put multiplayer in so you've got a bit more fun, yeah. a bit more life out of it. Now it's, let's make a multiplayer game, let's put single player in. The single yeah. player is effectively a tutorial now. Yeah. Well, which or, really, yeah. it should be a game, should either be one or the other, shouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, you go, there's nothing wrong, a game can have a good single player mode and a good multiplayer mode. Golden well. Eye, for example. Golden Eye. Time Splitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time Splitters. We were talking about that game, before, yeah. weren't we? Uh, good old Time Splitters. The games can do that, but the trouble is they are now, they've gotten this idea that everybody plays multiplayer. Well, I don't. Mm. I don't play multiplayer at all. I don't want to go and, what I've discussed before, other people ruin my game. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want the squeaker to come in, gobbing, you know, just screaming down the microphone. I play, whenever I play Planet Side, I have the chat muted, the whole yeah. thing. Have you ever played Dark Souls? No, I wouldn't play it because I've read about it. Yeah, I know yeah, the, so, the potential so not... for people to invade your game is yeah, pretty much exactly that embodies. why I wouldn't play it. <laughs> and that was one of your fears with Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs, yes. Because Watch Dogs has a um, mode in it where people can invade your game yes. and hack you. And I, and I saw that and I thought, I'm not going to play this game. No. You're going to have yourself disconnected from the net. Exactly. I, mean, I think with Dark Souls it's kind of forgivable, mainly because the game centres around that. So... Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. But with Watch Dogs, which, when you look at it, but thankfully you can switch it off, which yeah. is what I will yeah. do. So I don't want people to ruin my game. I just... I wish they would focus more on an actual story, a campaign, something I'm going to remember, rather than online multiplayer. I don't... I don't even have my consoles connected to the internet. No. The Xbox isn't. The PS3 isn't. The Wii U isn't. The Wii isn't. I don't need it. Yeah. If I want to play a game where I need online, I will just plug in. I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm mainly a co-op gamer. If I play an online game, I like playing co-op games. But again, that's going back to how we used to play games cooperatively when we... Yeah, if a game has online co-op through the campaign mode... I'm sold. Yeah, yeah that's you know, fine. Yeah. One of my favourite series in recent years, Army of Two, has an amazing online co-op mode. Yeah. It also has an amazing couch co-op didn't mode. Didn't they do the, the big thing with uh, Journey on the PS3 where you potentially didn't know who you were playing you the didn't game know with who you were or playing. anything about them? You they just didn't... got put into a game with another random person and you had to rely and on each other. I fell in love with that game within minutes of turning on. It looked amazing, the music was amazing, and gra- I'm not really big on graphics either, but 
I would occasionally bump into another. There was no notification to tell me that there was someone else nearby. Yeah. But this person would just randomly kind of blip in on my screen. I'd, or I'd see something at the corner of my eye just float across the screen. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And then you just kind of hear this little chirp go over. And all of a sudden you'd kind of develop this kind of emotional attachment That's to this other cool, little character. That's cool, because it adds that exploration element. And before we did the podcast, me and Luke were talking about something that we liked about old games and was suggesting that maybe some of the cynicism we have for modern games is based on the fact that we are older. Mm-hmm. And I was remembering back to when I was young, one of the... I'm really into RPGs, but the first RPG I ever played was Shining Force 2. And one of the things I loved about it at the time was being a kid, I went out onto the world map for the first time and thought, wow, endless possibilities. I could play a similar game now and not feel the same because I know what's going to happen. But back then it was like, oh, wow, this is all new. This is all stuff I can explore. Anything could happen. But would you say that modern gaming is... I'm interrupting, I know, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're like right. Modern gaming is kind of squishing that because they've made everything so linear. Potentially, now. but then like what you were talking about with Journey, it kind of brings that back, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. you've got something happening that you aren't expecting. It makes it feel fresh and new, and it's mm-hmm. given you, yeah, something to explore, something different. But then again, it wasn't really a very big release. It wasn't something it wasn't, that you'd go no. to a shop. You In had a way, to be on... that potentially is a good thing because mm. it then will appeal to a niche market that will play it and will play it properly rather than having yeah general COD gamer come in and being all, oh, why can't God. I shoot you to death? And <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Sometimes I just wish I could line up COD shooters and just shoot them. And shoot yeah. them, yeah. I really <laughs> would. Yeah. So just save me the trouble. Just Shoot stand in a very there. script sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it down. I don't think I'd hate it so much if it didn't dominate everything else. I think like, my potential problem with it is that it's infecting other areas of well, gaming. Like what they did with due them. to publishers wanting to make their games like it. So we've actually they've actually started to coin what is it, Call of Duty syndrome or COD right. syndrome. So like even Battlefield has gone that way now, where Battlefield used to be kind of arena, we kind of capture the flag. Yeah. Really arcadey, kind of fast paced. You could fuck around in vehicles and shoot the shit out of people and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, by Battlefield 3. 3 is when it got very what more realistic. Yeah, it's, they started to kind of say, right, here you go, here's the campaign mode, go, 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 go. And it's like, uh, yeah. not really my kind of thing. No. I prefer just not Vietnam. To be and, fair, if I bought a Battlefield game, I wouldn't be buying a Battlefield game for the single player campaign because it's, I know, I would know it's not. Well, no, but that's, game. I mean, they have just really turned it into... Yeah, it wasn't like... I've not played it, but from what I've seen of it, Bad Company was based around the single-player co-op, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. Not single-player, but you know what I mean, campaign co-op. Everything has now got some kind of Call of Duty shit in it, just to try and make money. Yeah. And what you said before about the whole exploration thing, how we just jump around and explore and do whatever. Achievements. Has, part, has partially yeah, killed if that. Yeah, the achievement is there and you can see you can do it, then there's no sense of... Yeah, you don't... You're going to go and do it. Like, oh, look, there's an achievement of it. And I've done it before. I've actually looked through an achievement and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of spoiled. Some game achievements are hidden, aren't they? Because yeah. I've unlocked achievements in Steam games and yeah, think, Steam oh, they're not that. on that list. So mm. it's quite cool. But it just... It bugs me now that we don't just feel like we should explore. We have to follow the path. Mm. And we've played these games. We have now been kind of conditioned to how these games should play. And they're all going to be... You know, you start to recognise things. You start to notice things. Like, oh, yeah, something's going to happen now. An, an event is going to happen. Because this yeah. is what's happened in other games before. Whereas before, it was kind of... Maybe it's just because gaming has matured. And I've just become some grouchy old bastard. But 
I think there's a, a video Turtle Biscuit did on something like this, no, where he, yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I'm, I'm not particularly a big fan of Turtle Biscuit either, but he did a video of, of a, talking about, I think it was a Call of Duty game, where he was showing that if you walk forward at a specific point in the story, you die, because you're not going the way that you're being yeah, you're not drafted into being going, path. which I think that might have actually been one of the, uh, one war, of the but... Battlefield <laughs> games, but I'm just getting too old for gaming. A lot of the fun is just gone. And I'm actually going to, I'm just going to pretend all of this was kind of game news and hardware and other, because that really does tell into what is it really kind of worth discussing the release of the Xbox One and the, uh, cool. and the PS4. We have kind of beaten this to death already, but these two consoles, I do not understand why everyone is kind of deep throating these things. There's really not don't... anything released for either of them yet that appeals to me, really. No. I watched the PS4 when they first showed all the new stuff coming out for it. I was just like, well, there's nothing there for me. It was Killzone, and then Watch Dogs looked okay, but, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not really a sandbox person when it comes to games. Yeah. So I was mm. looking at these games and digging. There isn't a single game that appeals to me, really. There's no sort of launch day titles that you think to yourself. Because, I mean, when we got our PS2, I mean, we looked through the list, and well, I picked Time Splitters as the launch day game. And that was a fantastic yeah. launch day game. Yeah. My, I really like... I don't think it... It might have been launched. I really like the bouncer. We were talking about that yeah, earlier on. That, on. that was. I don't think that was a launch. So it was. It was, was very. Yeah, it's only Enders was. I think the bouncer came out like literally about maybe a few weeks later. Mm. It was. It wasn't. It was very it was early, early on, on in the PS2's life, and that potentially swung me into getting one because it was a, a beat. It was the next generation of sort of scroll and beat 'em ups, which kind of worked. It was a bit yeah. linear. But at least they tried something different, which now obviously Dragon's Crown is perfected and changed yeah. in its own way. But so, does do we have rules on kind of what would make us buy these consoles? Because I keep bringing this up now that I've kind of Maybe. I've now got like a three-game yeah. rule, where if it, unless a game is uh, unless a console has got, maybe I mean, I never thought I'd say it, but of three bigger consoles, the one that appeals to me most is the Wii U. Yep. But that's mainly because I really love Kamiya, and he's done Wonderful One Hundred One and. That just looks like a fun game. It's mm -hmm. something I think I could pick up and play and really enjoy. Whereas, yeah, there's nothing like that on the other two consoles. I mean, to to the to all the other console gamers out there, I might as well just hand over my gamer card to to admit that I would rather have a Wii U over a, a PS4 and Xbone. Well, that's uh, that's practically career suicide. I mean, I look at I look at the shelf. I've got uh, Zombie U. I'm one of the few people that actually enjoyed that game. As soon as someone said to me I could take a cricket mat to someone's head in London, oh yes, I was sold. And that's one of my. Do you, were they talking about the game or were they just talking about real life? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Give me a cricket mat and let me loose in London for a couple well, of hours. What about if you're you? outside of London and you're using a cricket bat? You're breaking just... some kind of cultural rule. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, I keep on making jokes that the zombies are really kind of slow moving, so it took me a, a fair few months to actually play the game. We got it when it came out, and I didn't play it for a fair while after. I said, well, don't panic. I'm on the East Coast. The zombies are moving ever so slowly up the A12, but London's in ruins, so it's just like in my dream journal, really. Um, kind of like with um, Resistance Fall of Man, that was my favourite part, that London was in ruins. I was like, oh, stop the beer, right? Put the bridge up. Can't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try it, you bastard. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it turns out they come from overseas. Like, you bastard. <laughs> no, it turns out they're already here. Oh, yeah. it's like, find out our oh, they've been swim. here all along. Yeah, it turns out that our town is actually where the zombies came <laughs> you from. You are the zombies. That's the <laughs> twist. You just reminded me something very quickly about um, Far Cry, Blood Dragon. The guy has in it, the, one of the bad guys, he has the running dead. 
Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Why can't they just call it 28 days later, isn't it, really? <laughs> that reminded me of a PSP game, Infected. And one of the kind of key points, so that was the zombies moved really fast. That was it, like... Why isn't there a game where the zombies move moderately? You know, they're yeah. not too fast, they're not too slow. They just, like, yeah. moving at a brisk pace. Yeah, they're just, you know, kind of... <laughs> Nice happy stroll, He's a though. zombie jogger. Yeah. <laughs> that would really creep me out. I just imagine this zombie with a sweat, <laughs> like a, a, I don't know, like a shell suit, a sweatsuit, and a, a you know, brand, a headband on, wristbands. And zombie like, jogger is alive, but he likes <laughs> to test his cardio anyway. How about a game where the zombies run away from you? That would be really weird. Could you imagine that? Like the zombies now fear you. Well, we're <laughs> yeah. moving into uh, that Will Smith film that was really bad, but the book was quite good. Um, After Earth. No, no uh, um, I am legend. I am legend. Where he, yes. he was, really, he was the bad, yeah, he was the bad guy. wasn't he? But then in well, the film they changed it. Yeah, well, actually, in the original film, the original film keeps it. It was a test audience, wasn't it? They no, showed no, it the to very, test audience. The film from the nineteen fifties. Oh, right, okay. The original I am legend. Ah, it's, it's, actually, it's actually a remake. I am legend. And I love them remakes. And basically, you go for the it's base. It's similar storyline, slightly different. I think it was a. Was it a nuclear war that kills it? Because I think it was from 957, but I was scared about nuclear stuff then. Yeah. I think it was a nuclear war that's all made by mutates. All right. And it's this guy who's going around and basically yeah, he was killing people, and then he found at the very end that actual fact, they saw him as the monster. Yeah. And to which them... Which is clever. Which is very clever. He was actually... The, the legend was him as a monster. And basically he sort of accepted that this was these were the new society. He thought they were just creatures and sort of animals, but actually they had a society you didn't realise and mm-hmm. uh, it was a clever twist. Yeah. But yeah. I think they completely would change that and the Will Smith. Yeah, one. apparently they showed it to a test audience and the test audience found it very depressing and so oh, the boo. movie oh. had to be changed to suit these <laughs> plebs and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> happy endings people, come on. Yeah we have to have so, a happy ending. Yeah. Just getting back onto this topic, I'm guessing then that neither you, because I mean, I'm not, I'm not a console gamer. Mm. I know I'm the one who put that in the show notes, yeah. but I'm, I just put it in there because I thought I could talk about. It. So I'm guessing at the moment neither you would consider getting one of these consoles. No, I'm getting sick of it flooding my social feeds. Yeah, um, it I, takes a lot for me to buy anything. I'm notoriously tight-fisted. I mean, I really have to have a reason. I mean, with the Vita, which is my most recent console, and I don't own any, uh, any other consoles at the moment. I just have my PC. And my Vita, and the Vita's doing a fantastic job for me because it's potentially releasing stuff targeted to me. There's a lot of arcadey mm. stuff coming out for And it. you've got a lot of the older kind of PlayStation yeah. games and, and things like that being in the. In and the seeing, kind of and some of those PlayStation games, seeing them on the OLED screen, it's really good. I mean, you play Final Fantasy IX on that OLED screen, it looks fantastic. Yeah, a game from over a decade ago. Yeah. Still, it still kind of holds up, mainly because it's on a portable screen, but. Yeah, obviously, yeah. What I find incredible is the consoles, the price of them. You know, it's yes. The, uh, the Xbox is four hundred twenty nine pounds. Never for basically three year old PC tech. Yeah, yeah, I'd never buy one at launch. I'd always, no. if I was going to get a console, it'd have to be about a year but down the, the line. The, the PlayStation Three was about six hundred pounds, wasn't it? When it's the N sixty four came out, it was what three four hundred pounds something yeah. along those lines. Probably about six hundred pounds now. You know, so so it's not like consoles have ever really been like really. No, being cheap. No, I remember when I, I mean, remember when the SNES came out mm. when it launched with because first it was Super Mario World, then Street Fighter Two, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, they the were pack. very expensive at the time. They're expensive for consoles, but you have to think if you were to put four hundred, five hundred pounds into a, a PC, you're not gonna that hardware is not gonna last you for six years. No. You're not gonna no, be able to play the game for six that years. That is to be fair. However, a PC in my 
It's more than just for playing multi, games, yeah, it's isn't it? It's and with a PC, you can go back and play any old PC game, especially with like emulation yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we now have GOG and um, DOSBox, yeah. where you can go back and you can play your PC games yeah. from which years past. All the new consoles, none of them are backwards compatible. No. None no. of them. Are. Which that's actually something else that has annoyed me because where where we keep changing architectures and we've now gone to x86, that was actually part of my rant for Flashback. But I might as well bring it up now because yeah. we are talking about the systems. Where I said in the last podcast about um, some guys saying, "Look, because right, Thorn, you can agree with me here that way okay. back when a game when a game system came out, Nick's not so much because you haven't played really any of the older systems. When games first came out for a system, they looked like shit. Yeah, yeah, right? because people were still kind of cutting their teeth on the hardware, the new yeah. architecture, and yeah. how to really get the most oh, out yeah. of the I hardware. Mean, I remember I when the PlayStation One first came out, and I mean it was great because we were being introduced to 3D for the first time." the 3D was pretty bad. I mean, even more so the Sega Saturn, if you remember the very first Virtual Fighter, looked appalling. But we loved it and ended up at the time because it was 3D. And I mean, uh, we're jumping off a bit here, but I would personally say that that was a good thing because developers couldn't rely on how their game looked to sell. And because we were testing out new things, they... They dared to try different things, and we our PlayStation One, for instance, had a lot of very different styles of games. Yeah, because people were experimenting. No, people people had to, and back then you had to work the limitations of but, the hardware. Yeah, so Well, I was going to say, but here's the thing: with the new systems, they have no excuse to really say, "Oh, we're having to cut our teeth here," because at, at one point. There were developers out there saying, yeah, man, these are going to be really easy to code for now. They don't look now. very different, do they? I mean, well, the, the PS4 and the PS3, for example, there's not a great deal of difference in how everything looks. In my opinion, not really, but I haven't really seen any games running on them no. yet, like, in the flesh. No, no, obviously but, not. Yeah, we're a bit early to judge, but... The the X-Bone, the Xbox One, and the PS4 are basically now just PCs. They are low-end PCs. Yeah, yeah. Because they are, you know, X86 they have their own or whatever. dashboards and stuff. Yeah, and they are just... They are really. They are. I've seen the proof that they are basically you buy when you're buying a pre-built PC. Yeah, and they're already maxing this stuff out. They're already struggling to get much more than say 720p. In some t- some cases, they can't get more than 720p out of these machines already. And people are like, yeah, but they're just cutting the teeth. They're cutting the teeth. But the devs can't say it's going to be really easy to code for because it's just a PC. Yeah, and then you know, which they've been coping for for years. Yeah, and yeah. then tra- you know, kind of backpedal and say, "Oh, well, well, we're just cutting our teeth." They're like, no, you're not. You know what this hardware is. You know how to code for it. It's not like it's a brand new architecture that you've never had in a box before. No, make up your fucking minds. This stop making excuses. You've already maxed out the hardware. This stuff is not going to last yeah. six years or you know five plus years or however long the last generation was. The only one that we can say could do that and could surprise us is the Wii U because it's still following that kind of traditional we've just fucking just stomp all this and we've helped kind of make this, pick these bits out. Now you have to learn how to do it. Not said, right, PC, bam, in a box, put our dash on it, go. Yeah. Oh, God. When we say the other day as well that a lot of Wii U games potentially look graphically superior to some of the PS4 games. Uh, I mean, there are... Xbox One games. I think, and someone's probably going to stab me for this, but I think there are actually more games running native 1080p on the Wii U than there are on the PS4 and Xbox right now. I mean, a lot of games have day one patches to make them run 
at 1080p on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 because people went bat shit mental when they found out they weren't. I was like, well, holy crap, guys. PC's going to be pushing 4K soon. Yeah. We don't need 4K, but we're going to be. Your cons- The consoles are already being maxed yeah. out. It's the amazing thing about being a PC game is that when all these new cons come in, everybody still goes mad at these new features. You think, well, most of the time, we've had them for years. Yeah. yeah. I remember when everybody went mad about multiplayer on the consoles. I thought, yeah. well, I've had it for years. And it doesn't, this is another thing I, I can't sell consoles. I don't get charged to go play multiplayer online. Yep. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. I'm definitely getting sad too. Yeah. We've had online multiplayer for a long old time years? on the PC. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't get charged to play online. You play your internet, you're, you're done. Yeah, well, once upon a time when you had to dial into someone else's machine to play it. So you didn't even have to on the Dreamcast, though, did you? You could play online on the Dreamcast, and although it was very limited in what you could do, yeah. you still didn't have to pay any extra fees. Not yeah. It depended on where you were in the in the world. And, oh, okay. Because um, sometimes you had to pay like a hunter's license for Fancy Star Online. Oh, right, we okay. didn't in the UK, at least from what I was aware, but some places in the world you had to, have, you had to pay a, a fee to play and, and all that kind of stuff. But once, really, once you've had But then again, I mean, then you're looking at like Warcraft, aren't you? And then yeah. the, the month but I mean, like if you're playing craft. Quake, then yeah, sure, you just dialed in and bam, off you went. Choo-choo rockets. Yeah, fun game, fun game. Back when you had to work with the, the limitations of the system. There's, it terrifies me that they're already maxing them out. They're already making excuses and you cannot, you cannot make the same excuses you have done for previous generation hardware because it's not the same game no. anymore. It's not the same type of hardware anymore. Coding for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One is going to be pretty much the same. You're working with pretty much the same hardware. It's not cell processor versus um, PowerPC, whatever it was in the Xbox. I think it was PowerPC. My relative, so I'm going to chip yeah, it was PowerPC. Um, you know, so it wasn't like it was two completely different boxes. Now it's the same shit. AMD chip, AMD chip. Hell, my PC's got an AMD chip in it. Woohoo, they're all going to play nice, right? Well, I mean, maybe. sure that, <laughs> maybe. They're, well, they were all... All right, I get it. There's going to be a few things different that they're going to have yeah. to, you know, work around kind of optimising and that. But still, it's going to be a lot easier than it was before. And if they're already struggling to push a higher resolution than they did last gen... I, this is a totally random thing I just thought of, but it's interesting to think that one of my favourite consoles of all time, and one of yours, I know, Luke, being the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. Although it was essentially an arcade console, yep. because it had Naomi technology and you played arcade games, didn't it have like a Windows? It had Windows yes, logo it had, on yeah, it, didn't got, it? Well, I've because got a Dreamcast had, by my feet. It says Windows CE on yeah, the Yeah, because it had Windows CE as, as the architecture for the desktop and everything, which was interesting, considering it wasn't aiming to be a PC kind of console. It was actually more a console gamers console wasn't it you know it? I've never actually seen Windows CE actually run on the Dreamcast though no I've never actually seen it because I'm pretty sure you could get a, a, a disc you uh, could you could put you? in the system I'm, but I'm not I could be completely wrong there but that was just something that I heard years and years ago that there yeah. was, so you'd have like a little mini operating but wasn't it, it it was just how the actual Dreamcast HUD and everything worked wasn't it uh, could have much. been could have been I mean I still, I, to this day, I still have the Dreamcast. I really do. I can still oh, put the games in. Console. Um, great games. I do not think I will be able to do that with the generations coming. I really don't. I don't Especially the way I've they're been locking able them to down. Do it with yeah. the generations past, since since at least the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era, I can't go back and play those consoles. Mm. I can go back and play PlayStation One, N64, and go back and play Snares, Mega Drive, Amiga, 
yeah. NES, you know, but I can't play anything past that certain period because yeah. that to me is when games start to change for the worse. I'm terrified with the new systems as well that they're all connected up to the internet. Yes. I've already said how this this is kind of partly ruining I mean I get it, yeah. PC game is fine, but PC games have access to the internet and they are open and if you want to patch a game yourself you can. And with consoles to an extent it could work but it has to be implemented slightly differently. Well when the con let's put it this way, when they shut down the service for the console yeah, yeah, the whole thing's locked down. Yeah, you can't patch yeah, it yeah, yourself. Yeah, no. Once the servers are gone, they're gone. I think another person that I've watched on Alpha Omega Sin, mm. he talked about a specific game that he had, I think it was for the Xbox 360, that he can't even play the single player on anymore. Yeah, because there's no... Because, yeah, he can't actually access... You need to have server access in order to play the single player, which is ludicrous. Well, like Crime Hounds, for example, the single player was basically just a tutorial to get on the online game. It's a big old online mech game. Servers are gone. Can't play it. Fancy Star Online for the Xbox. You couldn't play it unless you had an Xbox account, even just single player. Yeah. Play it, you had to have an Xbox Live account. So what happens when the servers get shut? And they're, I'm sorry for anyone that thinks they're going to support the Xbox 360 and the PS3 for a... a Seriously, the period a seriously long period of time. <laughs> no, it's going to happen. Couple years, maybe, and that'll be. And it. then it's, it's all gone. Your your PSN is gone. You know, if you haven't got them games downloaded, whatever, guys, that's gone. That is going to be gone. All the money you've invested in digital purchases. If your hard drive fails or you need a new system yeah. or whatever, you've lost it. It's gone. To be fair, that's the risk of all sort of digital distribution. If if Valve went bust tomorrow. All the stuff I've got on Steam I haven't downloaded, yeah. I've lost. Yeah. Speed fast, that's that's a flaw of any digital distribution server. But on the PC though, you can get it. You can get it if elsewhere. If you get stuff through GOG, I know you you actually can download the setup and keep the setup files so that you yeah. you can exchange games with people and yeah, you've got them there for whenever mm. you want them, which is quite nice. So the, the thing it's not reliable on DRM either to play. Mm. You can just play it. But the thing as with the way. PC is, it, as I said, it's open. So you, you, if you want to, God forbid, you can torrent a game. You can pull down a game from a torrent site. Bam, you can play it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if everything gets shut down. If Steam gets shut down, you can yeah. still get the game and you can still play it. With the consoles, a lot of this stuff is just going to go away because you can't. You don't have enough control over the hardware to say, "Go, all right, now I'm going to download the patch." You're going to go to blah 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 website, connect and download the patch. You can't. Yeah. Once they shut down the server, the game would automatically check when you start it up. Well, once the servers are gone, it's yeah. not going to check anymore. I mean, to Val's credit, they did say if ever they were going to be in a situation where Steam would go bust, they would patch it in such a way that it would still carry on functioning mm-hmm. just on your computer only. Yeah. yeah. Like, they'd probably warn you and say that you've got XYZ amount of time to download your games, they will be yeah. patched, and then... They would, so, yeah, so then they would basically shut that. So to be fair, so they've said they would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it won't happen, but I'm sure it will. Because every, One every, day. Everything One day. dies... I have more complaints about the new consoles. Carry on. More of them. They are being geared, because we've already said that, you know, they're trying to cater to a certain audience. Like, you know, we've got the cold oranges and all that kind of crap. Yeah. But gaming is going that way. Well, these companies have realised that YouTube is a big thing. Let's play in game review and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Live streaming. It's, it's, it's suffering at the moment, isn't it? Didn't a few Let's Plays have been targeted? Well, that's not showing footage of games. And they such. have been, 
but now they are building in features to allow you to live stream directly off right. the fucking system. You can upload clips, highlight yeah, clips directly off, like this, and the it? Xbox One is supposed to have it eventually as well if it doesn't already. Holy fucking crap, guys. Why? 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 It's not necessary. It's not going to make my game any no. more fun. All you're going to get now is tons and tons of people's crap videos. Of their you're going to have to guys. sift through more crap yes, rather than exactly. people who have actually put some effort into it. Exactly, because I mean, at the moment for YouTube, you can't just, apart from a few games, you can't just record it and upload it. You need to do a bit more work to it to get it on there. Unless mm. you're one of those people that records their screen. Yeah, with the cameras. Oh I dear. Mean, it's yeah, that's, that's very hilarious. But now if it's built into the game, you know, any sort of XYZ, you know... Everyone's going to have it. Yeah, everyone's just going, oh, to upload that. Well, that was really cool how I just walked generically around this shooter. You'll just get a thousand videos of the next Call of Duty or a million videos of the next Call of Duty people I mean, doing the same level the same way. You yeah. already do... But you had to be kind of invested in wanting to do that. Yeah. So you had to go out and buy a capture card. When I started um, live streaming console games, you had to go out and buy a dodgy piece of equipment and then kind of jerry-rig everything together with gaff and exactly. a mixing board and all that kind of stuff. Pussy, or you'd have to yeah. special order something from some random broadcast company to get in to connect up to your machine. Exactly. But now you go to PC World, everyone's got it. Now you buy a fucking console and it's right there. This is the thing, it's, it's, it's when you put some ways, some, having obstacles to getting something out there is actually in many, in many ways, it's a protection of it. It's a way of protecting the, oh, that's right, it's a way of protecting the integrity of it in a way because the people who really want to do it have to go that extra mile to do it. But like I was saying earlier about the indie, making yes, indie no. games. Yeah. If you, you kind of ensure the quality because they're passionate about. You'll still get. Crap. Who are but, crap, who just want to do it, but it's by making you having to go get a capture card spent, you having to put more time into it, you know you're going to put more time into it, you've invested yourself more to it, and then you're going to try and do better. Yeah. Whereas now, if you can literally just get to the end of your game, hit a button, it's uploaded, and it's done. Yeah. I mean, what's going to be really interesting is they build this all into the consoles, and then people start doing this, and then the developers start targeting them. It'll become yeah. the equivalent of like Facebook status update, won't it? When people get a program on that, and then they share Actually, the same bloody thing you, on there. You mentioned that. PlayStation 4, oh my... Like I said, I'm, I'm getting a bit sick of it clogging my social feeds. Not just all the YouTube videos. Hey, look, I'm unboxing my PlayStation 4. Hey, look, some gameplay footage from PlayStation 4. It started spamming Facebook. Right. So when people get trophies, I don't know if you can you probably yeah, can't you can turn do it, it on off. PS3 as well, can't you? But it seems to be on by default on the PlayStation 4, and a couple of my friends in the States have got PlayStation 4s, they've been playing them, and my fucking wall is full of, I've done this on the PlayStation 4, I've played this game, I've done this, I've got this trophy. It's like, look, if you can turn off the feature, turn it fucking off, or I'm going to have to block yeah. you. I don't go on Facebook much unless oh, I'm there no. to troll or to talk to family, <laughs> but please, stop fucking doing it there should be a limit to how many I, should, on Facebook there should be a limit to how many updates you can do in a day kind of like what they did with Twitter there was like a <laughs> only so many times you can actually use yeah um, there like a, a limit to how many times you can use the yeah. API on a or device. if you want to limit status there, a limit to how many times these third pie programs can update it mm -hmm. for that reason because yeah you just get thousands and thousands it's like Netflix is the same thing if you don't switch it off yeah I I I hate stuff like that. Yeah, yeah and on Netflix, there's no easy way to. You either have disconnected completely from your Facebook account, yeah. or you can't switch it off. 
Gee, here's, uh, yeah, that's the thing. When it first, yes, only don't show on every I'm, video. I'm pretty sure when Facebook came out over the uh, in the UK, they said I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that was one of the big forces on it. Yeah, sign up with your Facebook account, or you needed a Facebook yeah. account to get in. And I was like, I refuse to. Don't a lot have of it. games now, like I know Magic does it, and a few other games have on their desktops when you enter the game little Facebook icons so that you mm. can log into Facebook with said game. Yeah. Mm. I... That was on, um, I recently downloaded Dirt, oh, what was it called? One of the Dirt games, and I actually, I was downloading because I bought a steering wheel for my PC, I just want to try a steering game, racing game would work with it. I downloaded the Dirt demo, and that's got built into the options, you can link up, you can put your YouTube details, actually when you set your profile up, you've got your profile name, all that, and then at very bottom it's got where you just type in your YouTube account and emails, and just catch to your YouTube account, it's done, Dirt. It's built into the game now. Yeah. And so a lot of people do that now, and but you, what, you, all they must get now is tons and tons and tons of videos yeah. of that game. Absolute crap, because no one's, no one cares anymore. It's all shit. It's all absolute shit. These next consoles, they could release something that's going to be amazing and blow me away, but I don't. I there will be amazing games on them. There will be. You, it's inevitable. This, but sheer odds, there must be some good stuff on them. There's mm-hmm. going to be good stuff on them. You can't get away from that. Good stuff played upon the PC yeah, as well. I mean, like, PS3 had some exclusives. I mean, I'm not really a fanboy, but I did lean towards the PS3 over the, the PS3 Xbox. did have But only, only because of the exclusives. Like, yes. you know, I mean, a lot of the games that were on both consoles are good, but PS3 had Yakuza, which I love, and stuff like that. Neptunia, Rain. Um, Rain, Journey... Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. potentially that other Team Ico game, Last Guardian, that didn't get released. Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, brilliant just, game. Just stuff that made me want to play the PS3. The which... Dragon's Crown weren't on Xbox, was it? No, no, no Dragon's see, Crown so is only go. on the Vita and the PS3. So there you go. I actually checked to see which systems, last gen, we Xbox 360 and PS3, which system had the most exclusives that I wanted to buy, which would make me kind of sway to, the, to each system. The Wii had quite a few guns. It, it did. I think the the Wii and the PlayStation 3 were both kind of tipping into the 20s. Which, I mean, 20 games, considering how big the libraries were I for mean, them Wii systems. Wii, for me, had Muramasa, Pandora's Tower, Xenoblade, Chronicles. Yeah, I mean, stuff. Yeah, lots of good um, sort Trauma of... Trauma Center and games like that. Yeah, just the games that do appeal to outside of the general FPS boxes, you know. But then I looked at, say... Xbox, and I was probably pushing no more than nine. Mm. And that, I mean, the only thing Xbox had for me that I was so gutted about was they had Guardian Heroes on their yeah. arcade store, which is not on PSN. So I can't have it on my Vita, which I'd love which to have Guardian that. Heroes. Yeah. I mean, they had on the go on the Xbox 360. Just spewing a few off the top of my head, we've got Bullet Witch. That was pretty fun, but. Most people over here hated it because they were like, oh, it's broken now, it's really hard, but it was actually quite a fun game if you got into it. Crime Hounds, which they shut down the servers for. I mean, I used to quite like Halo at one stage. Like, once upon I'm a time. not really big into FPS, but it was entertaining. At least the second one was the last one I played. Yeah. So Halo 3 was basically. Halo 2 was Halo 1. Halo 3 was Halo 2. Right. So there were basically 0.5 updates or whatever. You know, they were just. Updates on the last game, kind of like what they did with Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is just like an expansion pack all the way through. Yeah. What I found amusing about Halo is that Microsoft tried to use it to convince people to buy Vista. Okay. Yeah, because wasn't that, um, that's how you got Halo 2. Yeah, it's, it's Halo 1 was exclusive to Vista. 
No, it wasn't because I had it on um, was it Halo, Halo 1. Yeah, it was Halo 2. Yeah. Because Halo it's... 2 was when they started to implement um, Xbox Live style stuff yeah. or Windows Live on on PC. But apparently, within, I think, about six hours and push it off it being released, someone found a way to patch so you could install on any Windows. Yeah, that was, that was stupid. I knew it would be. I mean, but that was so obviously, there's nothing in this that game needed to no. run. Nothing at all. That was just Microsoft being a bunch of dicks. Yeah, pretty much. And it didn't work. By the way, guys, for everyone that's a fan of Halo, the original series that started that was a Mac exclusive. Marathon. Yep. And a lot of people don't realise that Halo was originally an RTS as well. And was, uh, that was being developed on the Mac as well, wasn't it, before it got pulled over to the Xbox? Yeah. <sighs> How things could have been different. Yep. I mean, it was supposed to have life in it for a start, and then they. Well, I never thought to see the day that Sonic was in Nintendo games. No, but that, oh my god, yeah. It happened. Yeah. And just think about it, way back when, like, Donkey Kong was on ColecoVision and Atari yeah. and stuff like that. And I mean, and I'm remembering sort of the, the big feud Sega and Nintendo had. I mean, like, yeah, Sega does what Nintendo don't and all yeah. these other things. And Genesis you know does what Nintendo don't. That was the old um, American art. Uh, yeah, advertising, why not? Back then, the, the, the system Sega were... CD that used to always make digs at Nintendo, didn't it? I always loved the Power Glove. It's so bad. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> it was in that film, wasn't it? Yeah, The Wizard. The, the Wizard. God. It was... Um, that was an interesting piece of hardware. It was great for Rad Race. I love that game, but fuck, I'm old. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. What I think to the new consoles, I don't. At the moment, I don't like them. I like the Wii U. It's got games on. I actually fucking want. But all people keep talking to me about on the PS4 is the new Killzone game, and I quite yeah. like Killzone or no, Destiny. Killzone. If you say to me a game that's already out on, because I, I was talking to Ulath today, uh, Tim from college. And he was listing off games he wanted on the PlayStation 4. But a lot of them were already out on the PlayStation 3. It's like, well, I'm not going to go out and buy them on the PlayStation 4 when all they are are upscaled ports of the previous yeah. games. Yeah. So, Unless you're getting something special about them, you know, putting some PS4 exclusives, so to make it worthwhile buying them. Yeah, I think they said that the only difference between one of the games that he wanted was that on the PlayStation 3, it was on at, running at 900p. And on the um, PlayStation 4, it would be running at 1080p. I was like, ooh. And that's a day one patch, right? He's like, yeah, I was like, yeah, don't want it. Don't want it. Yeah. If that's all you're going to give me as a resolution bump, don't give a fuck. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Marvellous. Right, <laughs> moving on. I think it's time to talk about FIFA 4. I did mention this pre from the podcast, but I've just discovered I've actually got another FIFA fan with me here. Yes, yes. They're, they're a rare breed. We don't find many of us around. I am quite a big fan of the series. Yeah. So, I mean, presuming you've been having the same thoughts and feelings I've had about the new FIFA. I think I've had them to a high potential actually from what we've spoken about. Yeah. Like, I, I did have some of the same, but it's gone an extra level for me because I, I already have like a bone to pick with Square Enix about various things. Yeah. Do not like the way that company has gone. Potential gameplay problems, potential story issues, potential development issues. Yeah, there has been some good news. The quick time events that they were going to have, which I hate in <laughs> games... You know, just you know, most games would just let you be inventive and think you're out of problem, but no, press Q to do something. They've been gone, which is good. Which is yeah. good, and this silly focus ability, which again basically is slow mo. They looks like pretty much pared that down as well, which is good. So I'm glad about that. I mean, I'm prepared because it's made by Oz Montreal, and they did Deus Ex: Human Revolution, and that was good. Yeah, I've not played that. I must admit, I'm not a big fan of the Deus Ex series. No. 
I could see why Deus Ex is popular. This is the first one for the potential of choices you could make. But I could never really get into it. Um, it's not being so cyberpunk or anything like that. I do, actually. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm a big Blade Runner fan. But there was... I don't know what it is about Deus Ex that I couldn't get into. I've tried to play it a couple of times. And I've gotten a little way into Well, I got quite far into it on my last playthrough. But there's just something about it that doesn't draw me in. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. But, again, I, I wouldn't ever badmouth it. It's not a bad game. It's just a game that just doesn't appeal to me for some yeah. reason. No, I like this. It's one of those few games that I've actually played more than once. It's ours. See, and a lot games. of people tell me that, and it's funny because a lot of people have recommended it to me and then seemed genuinely disappointed when I haven't been able to get into it yeah. because they thought it would be my kind of game. But Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was going to say something. You see, I thought if you liked Feast, you'd like Dare Sex. Yeah. Dare Sex Humiliation I think. Really, the problem is the characterization because Thief has a lot of character, yeah. and, and Garrett himself is quite a big character. Oh yeah. Whereas as JC, potentially he was supposed to be really, but doesn't have that character. He's well, meant to be like yeah. a blank slate, isn't the, he? The acting of Deus Ex was atrocious. Yeah, and I, <laughs> other than Gunter Herman and his quite humorous pieces, I couldn't, I didn't yeah. really like any of the characters that much. Deus Ex one of those games when you actually analyze each individual component of it, it's all rubbish. Right. You know, it's easy when you sure think about how everything worked, it's all sort of rubbish, but somehow when it combined together, it made this fantastic game yeah. that was better than certain parts. It's like when you get games sometimes where everything that's your component sounds fantastic, but when you combine them all together, they just seem, just don't work. Yeah. Just don't gel properly. Um, it's, it's one of those videos, I mean, I, I loved it. Um, Invisible War we don't talk about. No. Um, <laughs> I did play that one as well, but yeah, we don't um, talk didn't about Invisible enjoy War. that at now, all. Now, let me ask you, I asked, I made this point, I asked, I'll see if you agree with me. If Invisible War had not been called a Deus Ex game, it was just a generic science fiction shooting game, do you think people would have liked it more? I don't think so, actually. Really? There wasn't much about it, I particularly... And it, it's one of those games that, as we were talking about earlier, felt very unfinished. It didn't yeah. have much polish to it. It was... Yeah, I don't know, the... Aspects of it were okay, I suppose, but again, I, I wasn't heavily into the original Deus Ex, so. Because of that, because of uh, IS1 Shouted Human Revolution, that was very good. I'm prepared to give FIFA the benefit of the doubt, however, I've still got concerns over it. Yes. The fact they've listened to some people, and they've still not returned the original voice actor. No, no, which is bad, because. Garrett was a great character. Is Stephen Warner Stephen the actor's Russell. name? Stephen Russell, right? Stephen that's Russell. it. Yeah, couldn't remember. Stephen Warner's probably someone totally yeah. different, but Stephen Russell is people who's been in, like every game under the sun. You don't yes, you just don't him. notice, do you? He's, but he he made that his character, and you knew what Garrett was like just from the voice. Yeah, you just need to listen to one briefing by Stephen Russell and character. And you know instantly what Garrett's like. Yes, but ah, absolutely. The new guy, you don't. He's no. just, he's just a generic I mean, protagonist. I was already put off by the gameplay, but then obviously wanting to keep up with what's going on with the game either way, I watched what is essentially the intro movie to the game, which was a trailer that was released, and it now has Garrett as some revolutionary who's trying to help the people fight against the man. And although um, Garrett yeah. fought against the man, as it were, the government and that in his own way... He didn't really give a damn about anybody no, else. He didn't. I mean, he did to an extent. He had that kind of reluctant hero in him, in that he saved yeah. the city on more than one occasion. 
but not through his choice. He, no, he, he was quite happy to carry on. It's just through the I way fate rolled the dice that made him do Keeper it. Artemis was like his moral compass, wasn't it? Yeah. If, if Keeper Artemis hadn't been around, Garrett might have been less likely to step mm. in. And then there was the deal with Victoria in Thief 2. Yeah. Uh, kind of pushed him to fight against Karras. Um, yeah. I suppose the fact that Karras was always breathing down his neck as well. Funnily enough, we were talking about Stephen Russell voicing other characters. He voiced Karras, he? did didn't indeed, he? yeah. Very different sound of character. You wouldn't believe they're the same character. Like an evil version of Droopy. <laughs> he was, yeah. It um, was hilarious. And you can actually hear, because you actually hear his last speech as well on Deadly Shadows. He was hilarious and at the same time terrifying. Like yeah. a very vindictive didn't villain, wasn't Stephen he? Didn't Stephen Russell the voice of the eye? He might have done, yeah. And he done one of the guards as well. Because obviously when the first Thief came out, they didn't have a massive budget, so he did a lot of the characters yeah. in the game. You wouldn't think it, because they all sound... But it's all slightly more comedy characters he tended to do. Yeah, and Thief so, does have a few comedy characters, like yeah. Benny the Drunken Guard. Yeah. What would be good... Oh, the, um, oh I love the Thief Denny Showers with that sort of montage of the guard who had that... Yeah, the illness, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They couldn't believe how Pat, it sort of cleared itself up. A cut, wasn't it? A cut yeah. affected. And just those little bits of him. I hope they've managed to maintain that somewhat because if they haven't, they've lost the spirit. It does of the game. seem like they've gone this edgy, grim, dark kind of way of looking at it, and and I don't like that. It's, no, Thief did have a dark, comical element, and yeah. and it, it was done in a dark way that wasn't overly edgy, wasn't it? Yeah. it? It had an atmosphere to it, which seems to be being lost with this new it's uh, basically, of the game. I think it's, it's Thief Assassin's Creed. Yes, I think I'd. Uh, Agree with that, but I'm gonna get the benefit out. I'm gonna wait for it to come out. I've already pre I've pre-purchased it, so I'm gonna find out what it's gonna be like. Right. And I've got my fingers crossed, but I'm prepared to be disappointed. Yes, I'm. I'm just opposite end of the scale. Not even bothering. Like, yeah. to, to think of it makes me physically ill. So, uh, well, we'll see when it comes out. Why do they have to keep rebooting series though? Recently, it's, really it's, not, to... it's not a reboot though. Well, they're saying it's... Some <laughs> they say it's, does it say it isn't? They're it's... carrying it over, aren't they? They're trying to make it like Garrett suddenly gained this moral compass out of nowhere. There's no real explanation for it. And I don't like the fact that he is, because he was always very typically chaotic neutral, wasn't he? Yeah. He's a thief. He was out for his own interests. And... He was out for his own interests. He was just a normal... Well, I say normal, but he's a normal person who's just trying to make ends meet. He had to pay his... I mean, often he said, I'm doing this job because the rent's due. Yeah. Yeah, so the, so, yeah, same number of thief to male age. Oh, I've got to go raid the warehouse district because the rent's due. Actually, it's third level. Because the warehouse, the rent's due and the landlord's coming around tomorrow, so I need to go steal some stuff and sell it. Mm. That's what we do. But now, of course, because every game protagonist has to have some cool oh, yeah. hairdo, he's got, he now lives in a clock tower. Oh, Whereas God. In, I didn't even realise that, and that just made not? me hate it more. Deadly Shadows, he was just in, like, some little... Did you little apartment, he didn't did, he? He did, little apartment, like this a block it was literally didn't you? although it was still the biggest one in the whole building because he picked everybody else's what they had like a little single room yeah. he had this proper like sort he of he managed to wing a fireplace for himself yeah. somehow it was, a, it was a pretty dingy little place but it was still a dingy little place yeah. in the middle of nowhere and he's just he's just a normal guy really just living out in this fantasy world just living day to day he was pretty much your, your everyday sociopath wasn't he he yeah. stayed he, he wouldn't leave the house unless he had to thieve and, and didn't like interacting with people yeah was all about stones. So why he'd suddenly have this revolutionary need to help people who he doesn't yeah. give a damn about. 
It's just yeah. what people think characters need to be like now. Characters have to be sort of or it's in some ways it's going back to how characters used to be. You know, you go back to the yeah. sort of like that was the early comic books. Every character was very virtuous. I think very... that's why I really became attracted to Thief, though, because he wasn't a typical hero, but he also wasn't an anti-hero, and he wasn't villainous either. He just it was just him. Yeah, he was a thief. A person. And I don't like the fact that they now made combat a big thing in this new game because yeah. if I remember correctly. The harder difficulties in Thief, you had to complete the game without killing anyone. The idea was to ghost this. missions, which made the game really fun. Because you, especially like that level in number one with the hammer haunts, oh. which was utterly terrifying, but brilliant because of it. Because you had to sneak around or you would die. They you would could kill, kill you. You could kill the undead, though, couldn't you? You could, yeah. You could kill I the think undead. you can actually kill the hammer haunts, but so they were very hard. Yeah. No, it's it's. You are right, and also in the usual Thief, even on easy settings, combat was really tricky. Yeah. You were like, if you got sort of two on one, you were almost certainly dead. Yeah. And even one on one, because they, you, the guard would come at you with a sword, and sometimes a shield as well. In a way, though, I mean, that kind of makes Garrett heroic in his own way, because he didn't used to like killing because no, he didn't yeah. like impeding on other people's lives the way he didn't like people impeding on his so he wanted to be his own guy away from everybody else doing yeah. what he did and that kind of gave him a, but a, the game gave the option to do it yeah it that's did that's why yeah. I respect it it gave it the was option there. to be but it was it, again it was there but it was more of an escape thing wasn't it it yeah. was to get away not to to just kill your way through the game yeah, as we all know any true thief escape us would just throw a flash bomb and run yes. away around the corner so well that's Thief. So hopefully we'll see when it comes out. We'll see. We'll see. So moving on to flashback. 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 Someone gonna say Thunder Tits. Thunder Tits. <laughs> you have no idea what that means, unfortunately. I have no idea what that no, means. Fair it's, a, it's a hyperdimension Neptunia reference. Yes. Right. It's one of the things that actually got me into wanting to play the game. Okay. My wife plays the game within the first like five minutes. One of the other, one of the main characters insults the other main character. Like, she says something, it insults her. She then comes back by screaming at the other character and calling her Thunder Tits. Right. So, yeah. Which we then worked out must be, was probably also a spin-off to Thundercats. Yeah. The porn version. Yes. <laughs> it's a long Excellent. story. You have to listen to episode two, really, to understand what went on. There. I shall put myself through that at some point. <laughs> yeah, you will suffer through it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, flashback. Uh, so, Luke, do you want to start, or shall I... I've already had my massive rant on the whole kind of development cycle for the new consoles, whether or not it's, uh, whether or not they can use the excuse of they having to cut the teeth on the new hardware, or is it really as easy as they first said it was, so we can scrap that completely. We did talk about the Bible. We did. The, the audio book. This... We were completely off by how long the Bible was. It's actually... I think we've guessed 19 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Who yeah. reads it? Who, who's the reader? I have no idea. Uh, oh, I did look. I there did... are a couple of versions. There's a on couple of versions. The one I found on iTunes, I can't remember the reader. Apparently, he's like this really famous voice that I've never heard of. I'd never I'd buy... like to hear the Bible by Gal every time the word Satan arises. <laughs> Satan. Like, yes, that'd be interesting. Or the Bible read by King Diamond, that also would <laughs> that be That would be amazing. <laughs> In falsetto. <Yeah. laughs> the entire time. Yeah. But we discovered, well, we were on two different versions. One I found was 69 hours long, but Luke's Master performance 98 hours long. Yeah, I mean, the trouble is if you if you buy just a little bit of... Uh, kind is of it only hours one read by Stephen Hawking by any chance? <laughs> oh, That would be amazing. Oh. 
That's was... another one on the list. Taking <laughs> <laughs> the deck right there, but hey, whatever. No, no, I was more guessing because he wouldn't be interested. He'd be much more interested in sort of if he if he was reading it's something. It's like kind of trail off onto yeah. Bibles and. I just realised that means if you start listening to the Bible now, it would take you four days and two hours to listen to it from end to one end to the other. Do you know the guy recorded to spend just sat there for four hours? Could <laughs> you imagine like, by the end he's a dribbling wreck? <laughs> and then, and then the gods, gods said something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that was the majority. But then the last kind of you know. 15 hours of right. just kind of holding Gary at gunpoint read the bible <laughs> <laughs> there's read your it. achievement make Gary read the bible for so many days read it I mean right just a warning for anyone that wants to buy audible audiobooks over iTunes don't do it no just don't for the simple reason that I did that to you're start listening with. to audible well no, that's, that's not the problem the problem is well one not only are they audible audiobooks which is an Amazon company at least it is now. So the audiobooks are the same price on iTunes as they are if you'd have paid an Audible subscription. So Audible, you pay a subscription of £7, you get a credit, you get a book for £7, effectively. On iTunes, same price. If you go to Audible without a subscription, you have to pay like full price, which is like 40 quid, which is what you'd pay for the CD or whatever. But I, I'm a big fan of Terry Pratchett books. Oh yes, me too. Yeah. Those audiobooks are great. It's Nigel Plainer, Tony Robinson. Yeah, one of my favourite. Well, it's um, Stephen Briggs for the later books. Ah, oh, okay. But um, like one of my favourites way back was Going Postal, which was the first of the Moist Olympic yep. trilogy. And when I bought it off iTunes, I was like, I don't really want to get a subscription to Audible for my bomb book. I'll just get this and uh, you know see how it goes. Well, not only does it turn out minus from Audible, two. It was missing bits. It was the unabridged book with chunks missing. So it's the abridged book. No, no, they just. So it's um, the abridged unabridged book. Yeah, it was. They, it was sold as the unabridged book. It was the unabridged book because abridged books are read by Tony Robinson, right? And the full book was read by no, Stephen Briggs. All right. But fifteen minutes of the book was just gone. A big speech, a key point of the story, was just gone. There would be like a little jump in the audio. And then you'd be, you know, half a chapter ahead, and it's like so. It's actually missing from the audio itself. Yes, it was just gone. So it'd been recorded, but not, but cut from the audio. Yeah, it was almost like iTunes had just kind of lost a bit somewhere, and it, it wasn't there. I tried re-downloading it and all that kind of stuff. It just was not there. So I, then I got really sketchy about getting stuff off Audible, but I got given a free credit from a mate because he's like, "Oh yeah, I've got like a free trial for Audible. Go sign up or whatever." So I signed up, got the same book. Exactly the same book, but in full. Don't buy audiobooks from iTunes. Just fucking don't. If it comes from Audible, go to the source. It's like if you're going to get the internet. If it's gone through BT Copper, get it from BT. Don't go to like Talk Talk or Sky or whatever. Go to the goddamn source just to make sure you get the proper, the proper stuff that you're paying for. Top tip of the month there for you. There you go. Don't oh. use fucking iTunes for okay. audiobooks. Ragey, ragey, rage, swear. Screw you, 98 hours of the Bible. Well, well, I've, got f- hours. well I've got a few things to just quickly run through. Last month, I told the story of how people were being tricked in China, Japan, sorry, actually it was in the end, by some enterprise person to shave lambs look like poodles and so on to people in Japan because they didn't know what poodles look like nor what lambs look like. Turns out it was a load of bollocks. I Research, Nick. You're I know. Me I know. I actually said this. I was listening back to the first podcast, and I point out how I'm going to check things out. I didn't check that. I mean, who'd have thought the sun couldn't be trusted? 
Who would have oh. thought that the Sun newspaper wouldn't have researched their stories? What so yeah, say? it's the home an urban, of the page three it's an urban legend. It's not even on Snoops. So it's randomly really doomed. Off the shelf. Off the shelf. Ready for people to grab tits on the third page. There you go. How could that not, not be trusted? Be... <laughs> um, I talked about Ghostmasters developers. I didn't know what happened to them. It turns they went bust the year after they released it. And they're cool, they're fantastic, they have sick puppies. I'm not sure, I mean, as developer names go, it's got to be one of the most weirder ones I've heard. <laughs> they only made two games, they're actually a British company. Oh, what were the games cool. they made? Uh, one was called Ghostmaster, which we talked about last one, which is like this really bizarre sort of RTS haunting house type game. It's on Steam often on sale, I've noticed Yeah, it's 75, bought for 74p in the Halloween sale. The look of it reminds me of an old Mega Drive game yeah, called The Haunting. I mentioned that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I can't remember the other one they made. But I can't remember it now, but they did make another they one. They did make another game. They, they did, but who game. knows what they made it. But yeah, they literally <laughs> they released Ghost Monster end of 2003, then 2004 they went bust. Right. So it's a bit was, of a bummer, really. It was. They seemed to quite enjoy the game. Yeah. Well. It was okay. It was okay if you like that sort of thing, but that's such a niche marquee on like to like, play. simulator. Yeah, true. Um, I also finished Far Cry 3. I actually finished Far Cry about a month ago, but I forgot to talk about it. Um, the ending's just ridiculous meh yeah um, I mean spoilers for the ending you get to the very end of the game and wait wait can I guess can I guess because I still haven't finished it you have an option to stay on the island and become part of the little tribe or fuck off back with the rich boys no 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 no. well sort of sort of I was wrong how could a generic (laughs) game (laughs) you have the option to either Kill your mates. Yes. <laughs> you can. Your friends who you spent the whole game rescuing, and the big part of the game is rescuing, you have the option to kill, cut all their throats, after which you then have sex with Citra, and she then kills you. That's option A. I'm option sorry, B, who the, fuck was Citra the um, woman sort of priestess person. I'm sure I'll find out. Is there an option to kill her? Please tell me the other option is to kill her. Well, sort of. Option, option B, you refuse to kill your friends, and then everybody sort of gets a gas, and then Dennis comes up, and he says, what are you doing? He goes to stab you, and the sister gets away, and he stabs Citra instead by accident. Sweet. Well, sweet. I fucking knew Dennis was But whatever dodge. you do, you Great. just, whatever you do though, you just, that you didn't have the credits, and then you're just outside the temple, back on the island. Sounds weird, on. if she, if she's killing you on one ending, and then saving you in the other. Yeah, I know, it's bizarre. And the ending when she kills you is the one where you do what she asks. I thought the other option would have been you you spare your friends. Women and are complex rather than, creatures, even <laughs> in video games. You, save, you spare your friends, and then rather than, you know, sleeping with her and getting murdered, you kind of choke her with your wang. Boy aware, take hints for your romance options. Potentially they could be killed or kill you. Ah, they did have a woman who kills you in Mass Effect 2. Did they? They did. You know, do you play Mass Effect 2? I don't like Mass Effect, I will admit. I, I'm an dun, old... Dun, dun. I like Baldur's Gate and those kind of games. And when Bioware started with Dragon Age and Mass Effect... <laughs> right, Dragon like, Age, the first one's okay, second one's not so Second one's Mass atrocious. Effect, Mass Effect was good. Um, if you like, but I suppose if you're not on sort of sci-fi sort of... I am, though. I really like... Um, uh, the thing it was supposedly based on, which is Farscape, one of my favourite sci-fi series. Farscape? Uh, somebody was saying that Mass Effect was... 
greatly inspired by it, not based on it, but there I was... Just have to, I'm nervous, I have to absolutely disagree. Yeah. As somebody who hasn't anything. played it, I can't say whether it was I or not. I can't see anything about Mass Effect that makes me feel... Not one point oh, well, that's a good thing, because so I really like Farscape, and I didn't like Mass Effect. I'd only played the first Mass Effect so far into it. But yeah, yeah. There is a romance option which at the end of it you die. Oh. Good. Just so you know. Um, and the other thing I finished was Thomas Was Alone which we spoke about a couple of episodes back. I got Enjoyed on, it? Yes. I got on Steam. Um, a slightly sort of melancholy sort of sad ending. It's, just, it's a funny ending to it. I'm not quite sure. I've, there's a bit in it where you feel that you're playing the sequel. You go through so far, you think you've come to the end, but then you get another set of levels and they feel like the sequel. Okay. There are some ridiculously hard bits. It's a bit where you do double, you have a double jumping character. And what you have to sort of do... There's like these levels, but each... It's going to be very hard to describe. You have to sort of jump outwards once and then jump up again, do your double jump backwards, sort right. of loop around these levels. Bloody hell, it took me ages to do that. It's really tricky to time work. If you miss it, if you get... Because as you work your way up, if you miss it once, you just fall right back to the beginning again. Right. God, it took me ages. So I think I'm only up to the part where you meet the character Laura, the... The kind of laid back character with the spring that helps yeah. the characters jump. Oh, yeah, that's about, I think that's about sort of um, section three. Oh, about ten sections. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, it's um, quite a. But it's, it's an interesting game, and there is a story to it, but the story's fairly heavily, you have to sort of really extrapolate it. It was one of those where afterwards I played it, I had to go on Wikipedia and look at the plot to actually understand <laughs> what's gone on. But to be fair, I do it quite a lot of games. I struggle with sort of, I don't seem to be able to follow the plot very well, so I have to go on Wikipedia and look it up. So, there. So that's my flashbacks. Flashback. Um, so, it's time for my favourite section. Weird news. Right, so we've got no. a guest here. This is going to be great. This is going oh, to be, be uploaded by our minds. I'll try. Basically, I, I chore the news sites for the weird news stories, and then, because Luke doesn't read the news, so I sort of throw them out so there. So I can't read. Yeah, you can. You haven't guessed by the amount of times I say fuck yeah. in an episode. I'm we, not very intelligent. Yeah. So we do sort of... Um, I've picked up food, so I've picked up four months or so. And we just see if I can blow his mind. Right. We've got a bit of a weird news flashback. I talked about last month about stupid 999 calls. Yeah, people like saying, oh, my cat's gone missing, or I've lost a pair of glasses, can you help me? And that's I've got my cock stuck down the train. <laughs> well, it turns out that there's been a record number of 999 calls over Halloween. Uh, Gloucestershire, this is by Gloucestershire Police who revealed this. I keep seeing white things around the pounds. Well, uh, a one call, a one call, a woman rang police to complain that her partner was trying to put a spell on her using witchcraft. <laughs> right, now this, think about this one. A man, a man in Stroud dial 999 says he's being poisoned by a satellite controlled by witches. <laughs> <laughs> I love these witches you know, his age, who use a satellite. That's very Terry Pratchett, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I just love the these witches who decided to go for the times. We're going to use a satellite now, not a, not a, not a crystal ball. We use a satellite dish. I saw a boy from Gloucester out to let, tell him them he was a wizard. Why you'd ring up the police and say, Hello, I just think I'm a wizard. You know, it's like randomly around saying, Hello, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Uh, a taxi driver in Cheltenham complained that his wife was a werewolf. Okay. Yep. That's kind of a now, fair one. I just forgot think, to shave. <laughs> I think this might have been a joke one. 
A man called police to ask for the Ghostbusters because there's something strange in the neighbourhood. Oh, you have heard uh, that one, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm sh- I think that might have been a fake one. Obviously, this involved an official response by Craig Jones. You know who Craig Jones is? No. No, he's from the Gloucestershire Supernatural Seek Society, who said it was a possibility that all these spooky sides were genuine. No, it's not, Craig. They're all bollocks. <laughs> and instead, he said he would step investigations in the county to try and counteract these. Which is all, I feel a lot safer knowing that, that Craig is out there trying See to... See you, Craig, his... you're going to become victim to the witch's iron. Man, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that a lot of this didn't continue on to November 1st, so I don't include the 31st and the 1st, yeah. because the 1st being the Day of the Dead. Well, how many people naturally know that? Stupid bastards. Well, I meant to say there was, just so you know, it's the Day of the Dead, November 1st. There you go. Okay. Let's so, play some Grim Fandango. <laughs> right, so, first of all, we're new stories. Okay. A man has been shot doing a hunt for Bigfoot. How you confuse Bigfoot with a man, I don't know. Three people have been arrested afterwards after a hunt for Bigfoot went wrong when a man actually shot his friends in the back. Accidentally in the back as well. I thought um, that he would have he'd been shot by a Sasquatch. Because that would have been something. <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah. That's a big twist. Well, the ironic thing is, where this happened, there's never been a Bigfoot sighting. I so guess it was gone... in downtown New York. No, it's in... Um... <laughs> Not just any Watch Bigfoot. He was shot called... by a stealth sniper Bigfoot. Yeah, Oklahoma. But I just like the fact that you're going to go Bigfoot hunting somewhere where there's never been a sighting. Surely you go where the Bigfoot sightings are. Next time they're going to say but to me they were in, um, I don't know, they were in Mexico somewhere and I'm like, oh yeah man, we're actually looking for, we were looking for Bigfoot. We figured he was hanging out with Chupacabra or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like, no. Playing cards. Yeah. It's like me saying I want to go wolf hunting in the North Sea. You know, it's, uh, and, then, and then claim someone dies in an accident. I'm sure Sarah right. Palin's probably tried this. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Chat was rumoured supposed to survive. Pandera, Omar Pandera, I think it's how you pronounce his name, who's 21, was arrested on suspicion of reckless conduct of a firearm and obstruction. I think it's pretty reckless to shoot your friend in the back, <laughs> I have to say. His father-in-law Cop has there. also been arrested after he threw his son-in-law's gun on the pond because he's a convicted felon. The oh, father-in-law is... to the conclusion that his friend was the Sasquatch. I know. I mean, <laughs> You've been the Sasquatch the whole damn time. Yeah. It's like a Scooby-Doo ending, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They pull a mask and Sasquatch underneath. <laughs> um, and deputies, they also arrested the chap's wife, a 22-year-old late Jane Pandera, on charge of obstruction, claiming oh, she, someone else, a child, husband and her friend. The noise, the beers, the police prose in this. It was... The aggravating part of the whole deal is that this, they dishonestly wasted several man hours. Not the fact that someone's been shot. The annoying thing was they wasted some time. The fact that some guy nearly died, that's, that's perfectly okay. It's America. They wasted valuable Sasquatch hunting time. <laughs> yeah, we were out yeah. looking for Sasquatch bastards. We were on his yeah. fucking tail. Yeah. Who's that? Boof. <laughs> Uh, In fairness, so, people do confuse me for Jesus a lot, so I could understand how some random fucking yank could get confused for Yeah, but they don't usually go. I don't think Americans would go hunting Jesus, not with a gun. They might do. <laughs> no, a bit too Bible bashing for that, I think, most parts of America. Stupid yeah. Americans. Now, have you both got pension plans? No. No? No, no? okay. I'm going to be dead before I can even retire. Okay, really. fair enough. Well, if you haven't got a pension plan, you, I know you can get a 500 year pension. You know how you do that? You need to become a police dog. 
Because police dogs in Nottinghamshire are now going to get a £500 a year pension. Well, maybe Sasquatch, dude, because it's <laughs> yeah. that one. Uh, apparently, this is one... The poli- Remember we were elected all those police and crime commissioners, and we all said they were going to be a waste of time? Well, this is what this is the work of police and crime commissioner, who said that these dogs have worked hard their lives and deserve to be recognised. So they're now getting pensions. Okay. So there you go. I can imagine a pimp saying that as well. <laughs> I've these girls were hard enough, they need to get paid. <laughs> I think he'd use the word dogs if he was a pimp. But you never know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently six dogs try every year in Nottinghamshire. Okay. I didn't know that. The fact that they get fed and, and looked after after they've retired isn't enough. Oh, these are, apparently these are for vet bills. And to be fair, they're only given out on request for the vet bills. But they have 26 police dogs in Nottinghamshire. Which means they must be having to place pretty darn quickly because it means force, a quarter of their force is retiring every year, which is worse than normal police, I think. New recruits are trained at 12 months into, and work until they're about years old, which actually, if you work out percentage-wise, is actually worse than a human. So, to be fair, they are perhaps earning their money better than most people. Or they've got really bad union, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Join a union, police dogs. There you go, that's another top tip. Okay. What would you do... What? How far would you go for Lady Gaga tickets, or anywhere? Let's see. I think um, a better question would be: How far would Lady Gaga go for Lady Gaga tickets? Well, let's see. A Navy officer has started passing on secrets. Uh, not uh, this is a U.S. Navy officer for Lady Gaga tickets. That was his bribe. Are um, you kidding me? No. Is it from the, the Sun? No, it's not from the Sun. It's from a reputable news source. <laughs> right up there. <laughs> I was reported on several different news sites. They can't all have copied each other. That's what the internet's for. <laughs> Copy bit base. of plagiarism. You've got to have a bit of plagiarism. Uh, US Navy command has been accused of passing it to a Malaysian businessman in exchange for bribes, including access to prostitutes and Lady Gaga tickets. And basically, what this chap was doing was he was passing um, information on ship routes to a Singapore based company called Glen Defence Marine Asia Limited. And basically, whenever he would divert, they would convince their vehicles to divert to these ports and then get charged different fees. So the chief of this company was able to make millions of dollars for full food and other services to the Navy fleets. Um, so he's now been arrested. He was apparently paying this Navy officer money and Lady Gaga tickets. And prostitutes. I'm and sorry, prostitutes. but I'm... I'm a little to bit. To be fair, Lady Gaga possibly virtually the same thing, aren't they? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, it, it sounds like I'm going to have some kind of experience in the area here, but I really yeah. don't think okay. that a prostitute is Lady Gaga in comparison to a prostitute. I'm pretty sure that more people Prostitutes would prefer the prostitute <laughs> than a Lady Gaga ticket. I'd probably uh, like seriously if they said to me, right, Lady Gaga tickets, and you have to go to the show or slit your wrists. I would slit my fucking wrists. Fair enough. With the tickets. Yeah. Just to be. Just, just, just to prove a just, point. Just here. to face someone else could use. I died of a paper cut from Lady Gaga tickets. <laughs> that's how much you That's were. a Sun News line, isn't it? Headline. <laughs> uh, uh, we've now, unfortunately, there's more evidence that our robots are getting ready to overrule us and take control of the world. Mm. Uh, robot developed by Japanese scientists is so fast it can win the what paper scissors game against a human every single time. Okay, It is not psychic. It just reacts so quickly when it's, it can judge your shape of your what you're doing with your hand in the form of what paper scissors I, I hastily add. It can judge what you're about to do with your hand and instantly work out the correct counter to it. 
and it does it so quick you can't actually tell. So technically, it's cheating. Yep. <laughs> so it's not really winning the game; it's just cheating at the game. It's just faster than you. Yeah. Stupid machine. It takes just one millisecond, a thousand seconds to recognise what. Skynet. Can you imagine Terminator Two being based on rock paper scissors? Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. Where is John? Well, it's John Connor, isn't it? Where is John Connor? I'm just John waiting Connor for paper. Paper. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that would be a really creepy film. I was just going to robotics actually. Someone told me the other day that they've now you know how they usually have custom robots for certain jobs? Yes. So welding and, and drilling and all that kind of box. I don't know where I can't remember where the hell I heard this, but apparently they've got a robot that can actually operate regular human tools now, so you don't have to buy a specific robot. You can actually teach this thing how to kind of hold a hammer with a clamp and then but I thought one of the main advantages of robots is that you didn't have to build them to use regular human tools. You could build them to be... No, but, like, you'd have to build that robot and then, like, so, for example, if you wanted something to drill, but then you wanted something to use a spray gun, you would have to have either two separate robots or buy a specific part. Whereas this one robot can adapt and use regular tools. So you have the one robot that is able to learn and switch profiles. We essentially have the first mechanoid driller killer on our hands. <laughs> and then he starts building brethren to do it for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh -oh. Because he can use any tool. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is it. This is this is the start of this is the start of Terminator. Can you imagine that? Look, someone all, gets hammered in the face. It's, do, not, it's not the same as the other all robots. All we need to do is convince them that the way to wage war is through rock, paper, scissors and then we need to make sure we've got the Jankin robot on our side. Uh -oh. And we're safe. If we can manage I'm that. For, I'm waiting for every country to now design a massive robot that can, you know, do rock, paper, scissors, and all wars are going to be rock, paper, scissors based. We need to pass on to Michael Bay for the next Transformers thing. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be like Pacific Rim, but yeah. in rock, paper, scissors, yeah. the massive. Can you imagine? It's that big explosion, and they're just like this big hand. <laughs> scissors. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Um, are they the stories? They are the stories. I thought I picked up four. What do you think? Mind blown? What am I supposed to think? <laughs> I'd say that's, uh, that would be pretty much mind-blown right there. That, they were... I'm, I'm sorry, just going back to the Halloween stuff was enough to make yeah. me think about what the... And then, you know, Sasquatch shootings. But why yeah. Sasquatch just some <laughs> random hairy yeah. American? But then again, you did say that the, the husband and wife were like about three years old and inbred and... American and I don't recall that being in the notes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm filling in <laughs> the gaps again. I know they're from Oklahoma, but that's extrapolating a little bit too much. Probably accurate. <laughs> Probably. Probably. This Probably. is America. It is Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> and and Oklahoma on the list. And we can have a jank and play robot that hunts for Sasquatches. <laughs> Made yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. Maybe yep, that's right. like the, the, the core of the uh, Sasquatch cultural system. Rock, paper, scissors. That's <laughs> why we've never seen one. Yeah, they've, we've got, they've got robots. The Sasquatch is actually so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Sasquatch will be our saviour against the rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> robot menace. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. It's absolutely brilliant. We basically have kind of a Godzilla movie in the making there. Like, Mankind saved by uh, man, one of Earth's natural creatures. <laughs> yeah, mankind saved by a high-speed Sasquatch. Radioactive rock paper yeah. playing Sasquatch. Yeah, bitten <laughs> by a spider. <laughs> bitten by a spider yeah. on a high school trip to a Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, Brilliant. <perfect. laughs>
<laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, this is another bump along episode. I've, perhaps I think, I think it's time for us to start wrapping up. Yeah, let's see yes. how long it takes to edit this one. Woo! Hey! I think we'll get out for Christmas. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've got the group called the Christmas special. Yeah, this might be the Christmas special by the time it's I'm not, we've got, Well, I've Jingle Bells the Christmas special. I might have to add Jingle Bells if it takes me about six years to edit this one. Yeah, fair enough. I'm sure you've got a special effect for that. Well, there must be an add Jingles Bell filter on the... Um, add, add Jingle Bells. <laughs> add Christmas frivolity onto the system. Onto the add thing. really gay snow effect. I mean, they won't <laughs> Snow effect? That's what we want to call a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> It'll work on the video side when they go to YouTube, if they ever go to YouTube to watch it. I don't know. Have we got any followers on YouTube? Apart from me. No, no one loves um, us on YouTube because we're too aggressive, <laughs> and no. we offend everyone. Every time someone subscribes, they probably instantly yeah. unsubscribe. Well, we somehow actually—I presume the five subscribers we did have must have all come from either Norfolk or America. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drop one subscriber, and that'll be the Sasquatch. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't offended the Sasquatch. We've insulted them. No, we haven't. That's true. Yeah, we've we missed something. We respect Sasquatch. We respect you. If you want to come be a guest on the podcast. That would be one hell we of a way. We won't try and shoot you. Yeah, that would <laughs> yeah. be one hell of a way to reveal it to the world, wouldn't it? Come on, Sasquatch exists. He's on our podcast. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That'd be a hell of a troll as well. <laughs> <sighs> uh, right then. So, <laughs> how you can find us? Well, if you go to randnerds.com, that's our website, you can find us up there. You can email us at randnerd without the s at gmail.com. Stupid Google. Stupid Google. You can find us at YouTube at youtube.com slash randnerds. You can find us on the Twitter by searching for randnerds as well. And even on Facebook, can you guess? Can you guess what the Facebook name is called? No. Billy Bob likes bacon, comes from Oklahoma and shoots his makers as an inbred fag. <laughs> that was the that was working title. We changed to Ran Nerds on Facebook as well. So you can follow us there, but if you stick to the website, that's why I only person can bother to update to be fair. <laughs> wow, that's dedication to it. <laughs> yeah. I can only yeah. just be bothered to update the website. Well the website does it for me. We've got a Google Plus page, but again, that Google won't release the API, so I can't update that. Easy. Yeah, you can't be bothered to actually go to Google Plus and update that. So. Oh, yeah, basically. <coughs> but yeah, so email us, please. If someone email us, you know, all I'm getting at the moment is spam. <laughs> yes, someone like, email us. Yeah, I can't, I keep hoping to see it pop up, but I think, oh, maybe that's someone asked me about the podcast, but no, it's just another person trying to sell me like a timeshare somewhere. Of Viagra or prostitutes or Lady Gaga tickets. Not only, yeah. Yeah, Nigerian money scam. <laughs> yeah, four one nine scam. We ain't got any, so I think they... perhaps we could email back Nigerian scam see if they'll give us some money. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could give Nigerian scammers some coverage. Come be on the podcast. Yeah, come be on the podcast. Yeah, by all means, come join us. That should be funny if we do have Nigerian prince knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does everyone think I'm taking the piss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that's right. like that's like the eighth sigh we've had in like yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah. Well. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Nicholas Jackson. I'm Luke Roberts. I've been Adam Thorne. We didn't kill each other. We didn't kill each other. We're still here and we'll hopefully see you on the Christmas special. If this isn't the Christmas special. If this isn't the Christmas special. In which case, Merry Christmas. Or whatever it is that you choose to celebrate, you fucking festive bastards. Oh, what a lovely way to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there, but if you stick to the